like we expected. In fact, I'll put it to you this way so you can understand a little bit better. BKFC, it's like that stuff that Jesse and Walt were cooking out in the RV in the desert. That's right. When you get a taste of BKFC, you gotta get some more. Man. <laughs> I guess BKFC is meth now, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's color commentary at its best right there. Um yeah, I mean, I got to agree, though. Uh, you turned me on to uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, and I've been hooked ever since, man. So I guess you should just call me a crack addict. Yeah, um, I mean, no, method would be the correct <laughs> okay, term. Method. And I know that, you know, <laughs> people say, oh, that's crack because it's super addicting. But, like, nobody uses meth as it being super addicting. People, <laughs> people use meth when, like, you're you know, all over the place and don't know what you're doing and, like, <laughs> <laughs> looking really rugged. Yeah, that's when people use meth. So, uh, <laughs> okay. I guess I guess yeah. that's uh, where they're going. Just because they're in Albuquerque, huh? Uh, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I'm sure, that's, I'm sure he planned that whole thing out for his Albuquerque audience. Yeah, except for the fact that everybody that's watching it is probably not from Albuquerque. Not in Albuquerque, yeah. Fucking meth heads. One, but. Let's go. <laughs> Ready? Let's go, knuckle up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to Scrap Cast. Meth heads in the building. <laughs> nah, nah. It's been a long time since I've smoked any meth. How about you? I'm I'm methed out right now, man. Can't you tell? Jeez, uh, <laughs> old guy. All right, so we are back. Episode eight in this mother. Episode eight, season two. Let's I do know, it. I know. I guess we should start with the overview. Round one. The overview. Yeah, UFC 284. Great freaking card. Um, I think that's the best place to start. Um, yeah, it's, you know, you get us going. What was your spotlight fight on that card? There was a lot of good fights on the card. Um, a lot that I was even there were a lot of fights that ended up being a lot better than I expected because mm-hmm. um, I thought it was really top heavy um, but in all honesty you know the Mandalena Brown fight yep. really good really yeah. good I was I was surprised I had picked Randy Brown I know you did. to <laughs> <laughs> to win by KO I thought that he was going to be able to have the striking I had seen Mandalena fight before but didn't register to me and man I was wrong you know the dude is serious it's it's really interesting to me because Randy Brown has everything he needs 100% to be one of the top 5 guys at that weight yeah. class like yeah. he's got the height he's got the reach he's got the build when I've when you've seen him strike at his best, he can put it together. Yep. But he does seem to like in between some of his good performances, he scatters in some of these types of performances, and and that's what's going to keep him down, unfortunately. Inconsistency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's there was a lot of there was a lot of good fights on the card. Where do you think? Well, I'm gonna I want to spotlight what I feel like is a horrible performance. Um, the Alonzo Menafield Jimmy Croup fight. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You know, and again, I'll be in the armchair corner man. You yeah. know, you're watching Alonzo <laughs> Menafield yeah. being so close so many times to finishing Jimmy Croup and yeah. he wouldn't get off the cage and he wouldn't let him up off the ground and he had him seriously hurt multiple times yep. but was not able to get out of his own way if this is a guy that could have fought smart he could have put jimmy away in the first round 
Yes, uh, I not only do I agree with you, but a lot of other people do too. And I mean, the fight ended up being a draw, but really, all Menafield had to do was close it and not give Crew a mm-hmm. reason to be competitive and to score a couple of rounds. Because yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, the first round he dropped him, right? Oh, multiple times. Yeah. he had him hurt so bad. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what yeah. I remember. So, yeah, uh, that that's a good point. It kind of falls back, I think, a little bit to the Randy Brown thing and even some stuff we're going to talk about later in the show. And just that, uh, once again, I think it shows how much, you know, the fight game is is mental. Like, there's yeah. the physical yes. element of it, and your physical has to be there. Because mm-hmm. if your physical falls apart, you end up like a lot of other fighters, you know. Um, McGregor, Silva, a lot of fighters where their body couldn't hold up. Uh, you know, to the physical demand mm-hmm. that needs to be put forth. But I mean, it's really all mental. And if your mental isn't focused and isn't, you know, working the way that it needs to, then your body really can't. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, and so, I mean, I don't, I don't know personally, I don't know him, you know, um, or what he has going on. I know that everybody's got a lot going on and that sort of thing. But I mean, to see that, to know that you have a fighter that badly injured and put away and then, you know, I don't know, and then let him come back into the fight and let it be that competitive and let it go to a draw. I'm, yeah. Yeah, and I think the mental part of the sport is something that should be highlighted and talked about because you'll see numerous um, interviews with fighters where they'll talk about that, getting the sports psychologist, getting to a point where... They know they have the tools, but they got to get their mind right to the point where they can make the correct decisions in in the ring. And I know in the heat of battle, things it, it's tough to do that. But I think that's a really important part of getting to the top, being able to do that in the heat of the battle. And it looks so simple watching from the couch when you see this guy just lighten somebody up on the feet. Won't just hit him. Won't just no, hit him I in know, the face. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying, Noah. Like, just stand back up, make him stand up. If it was me, I would have just kicked him in the face. face. (laughs) I'm I'm proud of that shit. But, yeah. (laughs) So, no, I I definitely think it's not the last time you'll see something like that, but it does get frustrating watching these top athletes go through stuff like that mentally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the co-main event, realistically, that was a fucking barn burner. I mean, I... I don't remember exactly who I had it to. I think I, I think I gave it to Josh. I mean, it would, could have gone either way in my head beforehand, but I'm pretty sure I was leaning towards Emmett just because of the power, and I thought that he was going to be able to, you know, put more on uh, Yair and, for, and force, you know, Yair to get out of his game plan and, you know, score more points, maybe even finish him. That was more or less what I was thinking beforehand. And then watching that fight, I was like, dude, Yair's a fucking video game character. Like, this dude is, like, just fucking just, like, super precise, fucking all sorts of crazy combinations. Every time, you know, feigning every time, making uh, Emmett, like, think he was going to go somewhere and then stop and then catch him while he was stopped. And I was just, I mean, it was it was a really good performance, I think, by Yair. It speaks to how far he's come besides just being somebody that can is a good striker. I mean, mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. So, I mean, betting on fighters like Emmett, those, those built guys, the guys that carry the power into the later rounds, they're smart bets because at any point they can turn the tide of a fight. 
right? And so you have when you fight a fighter like Josh, I you have to be perfect for so long, and that's really difficult to do at that high level. But Yair, he breaks you down in so many different ways, not just with the feints, but body kicks, leg kicks, setting things up so that you're not ready for the next shot that's coming. And 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 he plays he plays especially in the striking game. He plays three moves ahead. Yeah, like he'll be. He'll be lighting you up with strikes and feints just to set up strikes later in the round. And and he and yeah, Emmett did not did not see that coming. He got picked apart. He got he got the crap beat out of him. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. To me, what it looked like was every time Emmett was trying to engage, either Yair wasn't there or he would faint and get him like off off kilter, mm-hmm. and then he would strike when Emmett wasn't expecting it, and so it started freezing up Emmett in his exactly. head. Because you would see him start to engage and take these steps forward and stop and be like, wait a minute. And while he's thinking about boom, he's getting fucking mm-hmm. hit. And then it's getting frustrated and the blood's flowing. And, and yeah, and I was just like, man, it's like, it, it was like Yair was in Emmett's head. Like, it was like he was in his head, you know, um, being able to dictate what was going to happen next, sort of. Yeah, he, he does. And, and fighting Yair, it's not one, two, or three strikes you have to worry about. He's so creative and has such a, a varied amount of strikes that even three rounds in, he's going to throw something you haven't yet seen in the 15 minutes you've been fighting him. And so it's really difficult to to see that stuff coming. Yeah. <clears throat> um, fucking... Justin Taffa. Yeah, he smoked border. Yeah, got that was quick, fucking man. Got a quick knockout yeah, in the quick. night. Um, it was cool, though, seeing him, um, you know, in front of uh, Taffa's had a not easy uh, road, win some, lost some, um, to be there in front of, you know, all of his people mm-hmm. and his country and like that, and to get a walk-off knockout like that, that was awesome. Yep, I agree. It was it was an awesome performance. I liked seeing um, two of us drink a shoey for him. <laughs> He's in the crowd. I like seeing that. Ugh, fucking shoeys, man. <laughs> really, you know what it is? It's not even for me the shoey thing. Like it's not even drinking it out of the shoe, which is one thing, right? Because it's a fucking stinky, sweaty shoe. <laughs> like that's not even the thing I think is the most gross. The thing I, I think is the most gross is that they spit in it before and then pour the beer in there and then drink it down. I'm just like, man, like I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Got to get I, that Aussie flavor. Yeah, before yeah, you yeah, yeah. I mean, when in Rome, right? Like, if you were there and they were like, "We're making a shoe," I'd be like, "Here we fucking go." I'd be like, but, "I brought a shoe that I just <laughs> bought, just for this." <laughs> like, when I'm not doing it out of my shoe. I'm certainly not doing it out of your shoe. Yeah, I've been at this event for four hours. I'm not taking a shoe out of my shoe, man. Come on. Yeah, no, and there there was a lot of good fights on there, but let's let's talk about the main event. So Volk, Islam, close fucking fight. Razor thin. Great fight. I mean, great fight. Real technical, real back and forth. Um, Both landing good shots on the feet. Um, Islam not being able to impose his will as much in the clinch and on the ground as he normally is able to. Right. There was the one round where he had back control for a significant portion, but he didn't do anything with it. You know, I know it's a dominant position, but he seemed content to just hold on to it, which is w- really di- was disappointing for me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really disappointed when somebody has a position like that, which, depending on who you talk to, is the most dominant position you can have on somebody in MMA, 
for that extended period of time and still not come close to a finish. And you can say, well, that's all about Alexander Volkanovsky's defense. And to a certain extent, that's true. But if, you know, again, if that were such, if that were actually such a dominant position, you would think a finish would materialize at some point, given that long enough timeline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you do make a good point and I, I do understand your points on that. <clears throat> but once again, you know, it's kind of like it's high level mixed martial arts. And so, you know, that that's a possibility. It's like, it's like Derek Lewis, right? Like it, his big weakness is the ground game and getting mm-hmm. taken down. If he was able to not have that and fight, like if he fought in BKFC, he probably would be champion. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, Maybe, maybe not, but, I mean, it's a different sport. But my point is, is that, like, you know, because it's mixed martial arts and it's the highest level, I think it's, I don't, I think that it's more important to have, or or it's not out of the realm that fighters should be able to work the ground game, get back up, the rest of it. I get it, It's it's boring, I get it that, it makes it hard to be able to judge it, especially when the other fighter at the end is so dominating. Because personally, I mean, let's just get into it. I had it three rounds to two for Islam. Um, I think that Islam won the fight in that he won the contest from a scoring percentage as far as round by round. Mm-hmm. He's put more rounds in the bank than Volkanovski did. But at the end of the fight, Volkanovski beat up Islam. Like, his right. face was beat up. He, you know, had him at the end. If it would have been another couple rounds, maybe he would have got the stoppage. Maybe not. But definitely, by pride rules or pride scoring or however you want to say it, he would have won the fight because he would have went through the whole fight, and at the end, he was dominating. I mean, that last round, he was beating the shit out of Islam. And so, to me, Islam won the fight is in that he won the contest, but Volkanovski beat up Islam. Yeah, and 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 I I agree with that assessment. There's so many ways you can look at this contest. Um, again, which was a really entertaining fight. Really yeah. enjoyed watching yeah. this fight. Yeah, but you look at it round by round. You look at it as a whole. Sometimes I look at it um, backwards. So you've got three very close rounds, mm-hmm. right? They were both landing. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky has great um, wrestling defense for three rounds. And then there's two clear winner rounds. Mm-hmm. Round four being clear for Islam. Mm-hmm. Round five being clear for Volkanovski. For Volkanovski. Yep. Um, I scored round five a 10-8 for Volkanovski, mm-hmm. giving him a draw mm-hmm. for the fight. Um, but either way, even if he doesn't walk away with the W for that, I mean, he still comes out of that fight a winner. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, and Islam didn't didn't look that good in that yeah. fight. No, I mean, based on, like, when they talk about, you know, stocks going up and down, I, I hate using that kind of terminology for it. But, um, yeah, Volkanovsky definitely got more out of this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Islam, there's a lot more questions. There's a lot more showing his weaknesses, um, you know, in that uh, in the fight against Volkanovsky. So, yeah, o- overall, who won? The you know who won, Volkanovski won out more I feel than Islam did based on the fight, but Islam won the fight based on the scoring percentage and you know you brought up a good point as far as scoring the last round ten eight to Volkanovski, um, I could see that if 
the judges were more, you know, fluent with their scoring. Mm. You know, I know that that's supposed to be something that they're that they were supposed to incorporate more because the problem is you have a round you know, like those close rounds that are 10-9 and mm-hmm. one guy gets it over and then you have the rounds where it's clearly the other dude's winning and that's also a 10-9. A 10-9. Yep. I know. So, and you have all these other numbers. This mm-hmm. is, once again, the problems of taking the boxing 10-9 scoring system, bringing it into MMA because we're lazy or we don't know any better because we think it's the best thing that, I don't know. It's either it's either because we're lazy or stupid. It's got to be one of the <laughs> two, okay? Um, but bringing it over and now there's all these problems with this so they're trying to fix it and, giving more 10-8 rounds, being more fluent with it. I, I could see that. But also, I'm so used to seeing fights now that the only way it's a 10-8 is if the other fighter is like consecutively dropped, barely able to make it out of there without mm-hmm. losing. I mean, we're talking like the fight should be stopped, but it's not going to, so it's going to be a 10-8. Like, I'm so conditioned to this point now right. that when you brought it up, I was like, well, it definitely wasn't a 10-8 round. Well, it, it would be if we were more fluent with the judging, but given, you know, the current climate of that, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's hard to ask for that 10-8. So, I mean, yeah, I think the judges should be, you know, more considerate about their scoring and having these kinds of things happen because, yeah, it can get convoluted, but look, we have a 10-point must system and it's 10-9 and it's supposed to make it more clear-cut instead of it being all over the place. And the fight's all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're using it and we're scoring it that way, okay, yeah, Islam won the fight, but did he But did he win the fight? Right, and that's exactly what it comes down to. And there's numerous examples you can go look at, but bottom line, round one of that fight where somebody lands two more strikes than another person, like you said, the winner gets a 10, the loser gets a 9, and then round five, when somebody's clearly dominating the other person, it's still the same score. That that's the problem right there. These are not the same rounds that should not be scored the same. And yet they are. And yet they are. And, and exactly. And we've talked about, I mean, just me and you have talked about this and the problem that it is probably for as long as we've known each other. Right. Uh, and it hasn't changed. And I hate to be pessimistic about it, but unless a new fight promotion comes out, that's more willing to change because that's the other thing. Certain commissions are more willing to change rules, to change, to allow certain mm-hmm. things than other ones. You know, let's mm-hmm. just be honest about yeah. it. Um, Colorado's great. Like as far as in the U S for allowing different rule sets and playing with different stuff. And so, um, which is probably a reason why one is coming to Colorado first out of all their U S uh, you know, shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that, if the judging isn't going to get itself fixed, then we have to do the best that we can with the evidence that we have. So if you're forcing me to go down the, that route of, you know, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, mm-hmm. then that's that's what I got. I got yep. the Islam won the contest, but Volkanovski won the fight. I yeah. mean, look at the damage afterwards. Look at right after the fight, how both fighters acted about mm-hmm. it. Um, and, and then everything else that's happened afterwards. We're going to get into all of that within the show. Don't worry about it. But just this fight alone, just to keep things moving along. Um, yeah, it's a fucking mess. Yep. Agreed. All right. So let's move on then to uh, UFC fight night. Andre versus Blanchfield. So. Andrade and Blanchfield. Um I mean, a decent card, a better card than I thought it was going to be, honestly. I didn't get to see it live. I had to go back and rewatch um, being on the road while it was on, um, unfortunately. 
But, uh, I mean, some real surprising results, right? Yeah, I would say so. What did you take away from that? I mean, I've been a big uh, fan of Blanchfield for a while now. Since since she got that submission win over J.J. Aldridge, mm-hmm. I was like, you got to watch out for this girl. Right. You know, and then... Um, the Molly McCann. And then going and getting the Molly... Well, I already was favoring her against Molly McCann, even though Molly McCann had a big hype train, and when mm. she took her out, I was like, damn, this girl's for real. She just, took her, she just took out Molly McCann and that hype train, and then, you know, she was supposed to fight Torres, and that's the fight I really wanted to see. Santos. Santos. Yep. Yeah, she was supposed to fight Santos, and that was the fight I really wanted to see. Um... Santos being um, the uh, last challenger to Shevchenko for her belt. And uh, she lost a decision, even though a lot of people, including myself, felt like by scoring at home, she won it. Giving the scoring criteria (laughs) and the rest of it. We could spend hours talking about about that. Yeah, exactly. So scoring went in that fight. Exactly. So, but that's my thing is that it was that close that I thought that she won against Shevchenko. Um, I really wanted to see where she's at now, and I thought it would be a really good test to see where she's at versus somebody like Blanchfield mm-hmm. and all and as threatening as she is. And I also wanted to see how Blanchfield would do against um Telling Santos. Against no, I, against I Santos because of where Santos' strengths are. Yep. And if she can capitalize and do that, then she could do it to anybody along that same skill set in you know in, in their division. And so I really wanted to see it. Props to Jessica Andraz for stepping up and getting in the fight. Um, the one thing about it, I was really, I was really for sure the Blanchfield was going to win, like, you know, m- more so than just a regular fight. Because the thing about Andrade is when she has, like, you know, fights that she isn't really prepared for and that are kind of last minute or mm-hmm. quick, she usually doesn't do too good in those fights, you know? Right. And Blanchfield was a real threat. And I was like, uh, maybe not because Andrade has been looking like a world beater recently. Right. But in that fight, she just looked like she was just trudging straight forward and just getting picked apart in the first round, just not necessarily with damaging shots, but just constantly walking into the punches mm-hmm. of Blanchfield and then Blanchfield Cementer in the second. So I, I think she completely underestimated Aaron, Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, probably. I, I thought, I mean, and you could say, obviously, because she took a fight against Blanchfield on short notice, but even then, like, I know Andrade's confidence in her skills is, is one thing, but yeah, but to not even try and watch some video or game plan for some of the things that she was going to do. Um, yeah, I, I really felt like that hurt Andrade's chances of winning that fight. And you know, and it was a short notice opponent change for Blanchfield too. That's true. That's um, true. But she was still able to um, impose her will, get a finish over Andrade, which is huge. Yeah. Look good on the stand up. And, and you know, not, not so much threatening with the stand up, but she was like just tagging her over and over. She kept yeah. walking straight into those punches. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah. That, but that's a legit win to have on your resume. You know what I'm saying? No, like, it is. Former champion. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like when you're beating former champions, especially taking them out, it's you're right there. You're mm-hmm. ready for a title shot. You know. Um, so is she gonna get the 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 winner of the um, Shevchenko Grasso fight or what? Maybe she. Maybe that. Talia Santos fight still needs to happen. Still needs to happen. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see it. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. we both wanted to see that fight. I remember the episode before this, we were talking about it. We were excited about that fight. Um, even before the opponent changed. So it would be a good fight to see. Uh, Valentina does seem to run a little short of contenders. So maybe you don't. 
that way you can have Talia Santos in your pocket for later on. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see her fight either Santos or Shevchenko. I mean, assuming Shevchenko beats Grasso. Yeah. Well, my that's what I'm thinking. So if Shevchenko wins um, against Grasso. Maybe they make the Blanchfield fight just to get her another opponent. I mean, it would have to depend on how, how the fight went, right? If she mm-hmm. needed a lot of time off or not. But if Grasso wins, they're going to have to do a rematch. I mean, Shevchenko's like the longest defending champion in, in the UFC. In the right UFC, now. yeah. If, if it's not. If it's not is. of all time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and that's going to have to get rescheduled. And so under that, if that happens, if Grasso can beat Shevchenko, then... Definitely, Blanchfield needs the fight, you know. So, yep, yeah, good call. Um, yeah, I mean, the only other fight uh, I was, I mean, that uh, that featherweight Jamal Emmers, that's somebody I think we need to keep an eye on. Um, he was on the undercard. Um, he beat Kusain Askabov. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It, it was yeah, a good yeah, fight. Yeah. I mean, he beat him pillar to post. It was a unanimous decision. Um, like I said, I do think we need to start paying attention to Jamal Emmers. I think he could go <clears throat> some. I think he could go somewhere. And then, uh, dude that knocked out OSP. Yeah, Felipe Linz. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. The thing about it, you're right, and that's impressive. But the thing about it is, like, OSP has been on a slide, man. You know, he has been. So it's just like I really was kind of hoping to see him do good in there, but I mean. He went to heavyweight for a bit, right? Yeah, but yeah. He still wasn't getting finished, though. That's yeah. But the thing is, is that um, in his last uh, in his last couple of fights, um, he's lost. He lost to uh, oh no, he beat Shogun, even though it wasn't the greatest fight. But right. whatever, he won a decision to him. And before that, he got uh, KO'd by. Bozer or Bozer. At heavyweight. Yeah, right. at heavyweight. Right. So, and then to fight Hua, who is a shell of his former self. No, yeah. no disrespect. I'm just stating the facts here. He's a shell of his former self, and he couldn't do much with that. And it went to decision, and it wasn't a very action-packed. It wasn't like it was, you know, right. close. It was just kind of like boring. I really wasn't expecting much out of him. And then for him to get finished, I was just kind of like the writing's on the wall. That's a good point. You know? Um but in all honesty, you didn't talk about fucking my girl Muy <laughs> Bueno Silva. All right, I was for you to talk about her. Come fucking on. getting the win over Lena Landsberg. Big fan of Landsberg. Even bigger fan of Muy Bueno. Um, I just uh, Muy Buena should be Muy Buena yeah. Silva. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just uh, I mean her submission game, you know, is just. Yeah, it's 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 really top level. I'm really excited to see how far she can push it and see how far she can go um, in the division. Um, yeah, I mean she's she's beaten you know a lot of good named opponents now, and it, she's number 14. She's in the rankings. So yeah. given everybody else that's in the division, I'm just saying like that's that's who I'm watching coming up. You know, so mm, Myra Silva, she's good. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then, you know, there was, there was some other good fights. What was your, what was your thoughts about the whole, uh, Marcin Knight fiasco? I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I had the pleasure of watching it while we prepped for this <laughs> podcast. And I, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I mean, 
the last time I've seen a performance like that was that Nama Yunez and uh, God, what, who was she fighting for the belt? And it was just the most boring, like nobody did anything. It was the most boring fight you'd ever seen. Now, at least Marcin Pracnia was actually active. Yeah. But William Knight had, had nothing. Didn't no. offer anything, didn't do anything, didn't go for anything. No, and I mean, he just kept he kept his back against uh, the octagon the entire fight. He would, you know, push out a little bit mm-hmm. and put himself right back there. Uh, once in a while, he would catch a kick and push him down or try to catch it and like do a little bit of wrestling. And then he would just like shrug it off. Like even if he pushed him down, he wouldn't like try to capitalize on it. I don't think he threw one strike really. I mean, it's just in the first round I saw a couple and, uh, but yeah, after that, no, no, not really anything at all. And you know, um, the UFC released him. So yeah, they did. Yeah. And I, I remember when I was watching it, I was just like, did he mess his leg up? Is there something going on here? Did, you know, was there some kind of contractual like issue? And he was like, I'm going to show the UFC. So he came out here and was like protesting, like not fighting, but not fighting. You know, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was confused about the whole thing too. And not only that, but then there's all that shit, uh, recently about betting in the UFC with the whole, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, dude, is this motherfucker throwing the fight on the leg? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like with all the leg kicks he was taking, he could have gone down and held his knee and got the TKO loss and saved himself some time. But who knows, man? Like, again, I I, have, I don't know what to make of that fight. I really don't. Yeah, it's crazy. And I've seen, um, I've seen like a couple of days afterwards, I've seen him like make a post or something, a video where he was just saying like he froze up and he apologized to everybody and he was going to, you know, figure out what happened and get better. And so, I mean, in, according to him, in his own mind, he just, you know, like decided not to engage for whatever reason. So, I don't uh, know. I mean, it, but yeah, but like I said, now you've been, now because of that, you've been released from the UFC, fair or not. Mm-hmm. And so now you have to do that in another promotion and you got to try to work your way back. Like, it's just, you know, you can't. You can't get him. You can't get him the octagon. And, uh, yeah, and shoot out like that. Nah, but with his record, I'll be honest with you. I mean, he'll probably get picked up by one of these other organizations. Right. So, or end up maybe on the next season of the Contender Series or something. Right. So, we'll just have to see what happens. So, pretty good from the UFC. But let's let's talk about the real fight card <laughs> this, this of this let's, last let's, weekend. Let's hit some math. Man. Okay. <laughs> 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 Time for the fucking bathroom crank edition. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so BKFC Knucklemania 3 from Albuquerque. What a fucking show. What a fucking show. I'm just I'm just telling you, if you didn't get a chance to watch this, fucking watch it. There is um like 12 fights on the card and everybody gets fucking knocked out or TKO'd. Okay? Out. It's fucking it's it Yeah, it's a crazy fucking card. As so. good as UFC 284 was, Knucklemania three was better. <laughs> it, it really was. And I mean, I agree. I agree, but it, I mean, it is from a different standpoint because it's a different sport, right? Like, not from an MMA standpoint. It's not better MMA, but well, because it's not MMA. No, exactly. But as far as but the card, the sc- three or four hours of your time and how entertained oh, you were, man, and and just how it all unfolds, like as. As it gets further into the card and the names get higher, the shit that happens gets even crazier. And then we get to the main event. It's just 
fucking it's like it's like some professional wrestling type shit you're just you leave the event <laughs> being like what the fuck just happened are you serious did that uh, am i watching what really just happened? what the fuck like pretty crazy man yeah <laughs> a and, lot of drama big uh, drama show yeah and, and again another event i didn't get to see live unfortunately but thanks for um, putting it on for me so I could see that because I had watched the highlights, but those never tell the whole story. No, like it, they never do. And, no. and and if you can't see it live, try to catch the whole thing later on. But still, nothing quite compares to to seeing these events unfold live. Yeah, exactly. So let's just start with it. Um, main event: uh, Lorenzo Hunt versus Mike uh, Richmond. Fucking craziness. Fucking uh, Mike Richmond, I mean, one round, it only went one round, but so much happened in that, in that one round. Um, when the fight started, uh, they were going back and forth. Richmond was doing a lot of work to the body and because he was doing so much good work to the body, I mean, we're talking nasty hooks to the body, uppercuts to the body, just a lot of really nasty body blows that Lorenzo Hunt wasn't blocking. It was like it wasn't even like a thing to him to get body shots. He was protecting the head, getting eight up to the body, and because of that, it opened up its head. Mm-hmm. Opened up his head, and as soon as he did, he he landed a nice right and put him down. Um, Richmond put down Hunt with a nice right, and then they're counting, and they get to eight, and he barely gets up. And when he gets up, Hunt gets up. He's like with his back against the ropes, and they're like are you ready to go? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, walk to me. And he puts his hands up and he's kind of stumbling around and then they let it go. And there's 20 seconds left in the first round. Richmond just comes to finish him. And Richmond was talking to him to the whole mm-hmm. thing when he was punching him in the stomach and he was telling him like, I'm going to fuck you up. And then he dropped him and he told him like, he was like telling him like, see. And so he knew it was like right there. All he had to do was finish him. He came in to land a right left fucking combination and fucking Hunt just perfectly timed it with a check right, hit him right on the button, and fucking finished him. Fucking slept him, Just dude. fucking, I mean. I swear to God, when you see his face, when he's stiff as a board on the ground, you can tell that he's fucking snoring, dude. Fucking finish him. That shit was, I was just like, Jesus. And then Hunt is fucking in the corner, just standing in, in the corner, <laughs> not celebrating, just standing there. And they're like, they come over, and they're like wiping his face, and his, one of his eyes can't even open, and he's just standing there. And then he looks at his corner, and I swear it looks like he I was like, that, I won, right? Like, I won. And they were, and his corner was like, yeah. And he was yeah. like, okay. Like, literally, well, like, out on his feet. Because only 15 seconds earlier, he had gotten dropped. And I swear either his cheekbone or his orbital, orbital got busted because yeah. his face was, was fucked up. But, it was. But that's, it's so interesting when you look at fights like that and, and you look at stoppages and you're like, oh, why did the corner throw in the towel? Why don't they stop it? Because I'm telling you, man, in these sports, Anything can fucking happen, man. Yep. Like, and and that was a a thing of pure beauty, and not just Hunt's finish because Richmond, what he was doing, he was putting on a clinic. I mean, yeah, Hunt was getting his shots in, but Richmond was taking it to him. Richmond was landing pretty much whatever he wanted. Yeah, he had a smart game plan. I mean, it was a ten eight round already, right? Right up until that point, exactly. And then. And then to to come in and drop your guard for that split second, and and let Hunt sleep you, yeah, that's that's rough. I'd I'd love to see them run that back. I could watch those two guys fight again. Uh, me great. too, me too. And it was it was so crazy. I was telling you so like leading up to the fight, they had had a press conference, and um, Hunt walked up and just like slapped. 
<laughs> Mike Richmond right at the fucking press conference and the whole like ordeal busted out and and whatever else and then they like calmed the fighters down and tried to continue the press conference which I thought was a bad move I thought that they should have just ended it there and left the controversy all flying because it really didn't do any good anything good for Hunt after that point right but whatever so um um then uh they when the event was happening knucklemania 3 they were interviewing him beforehand and he was cutting promos um like it was professional wrestling where he was like talking about he was trying to big up you know albuquerque he was talking about i didn't he never seen anything this beautiful never <laughs> never been here but he's like i've like, been in albuquerque yeah he's man. like i've been training <laughs> like, at, at jackson and winkle john and i climbed the mountain and he's trying to do everything he can he's dropping stuff to be like albuquerque like Man, Albuquerque is such a great place. Like, nobody's really cheering for him. You don't really hear a lot going on. And then at the end, he's just like, Albuquerque, if I came, if I moved here and became your champ, would you have me? Like, he's literally <laughs> begging them to cheer for so him. Hard. And, like, he didn't get a lot of a response. And, and yet he's still picking him up because he's selling. Even at the event, he's still, okay, I got to sell the fight. I'm selling, mm-hmm. I'm selling myself. This is the product. You know, he's selling, selling, selling. And he's doing doing the thing. And uh, then that whole the whole fight happens and the way it goes down and then they interview him and what he says afterwards is just like that's the real Lorenzo Hunt there you know that's right. that's the man being able to you know go through stuff and talk about it and talk about all of his you know pain and and trials and tribulations and shit and just you know be you know 100% present in the moment yep. it was uh it was it was that was great it was great um and I mean, even he he might have been still slightly concussed you never know that might have been yeah. why you were getting such candid <laughs> you know, I mean, no, no, yeah. Him. I mean, it could have been that or the meth, right? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, but uh, in all honesty, um, let's talk about the rest. So then the fight before that, there was like, I don't know if it was double main event, triple fucking main event, fucking, I don't know. There was a bunch of fucking, it was could a, have been main events. Card, yeah, and, and some great names on there. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So the fight before that was uh, Austin Trout versus Diego Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um there was, I thought it was a really good fight. Um, Austin Trout won, getting stoppage um, in the fourth round against Diego. There was some controversy that was talked about as far as um, a cornerman putting some grease on on his corner's hand, and then the fucking corner putting the grease all over his shoulders uh, on Austin Trout's shoulders to make it so that Diego was harder to clinch with them. Um, I told you about it. We watched mm-hmm. it. What did you think after watching that, watching the fight? What were, what were your takeaways? From no, you, you definitely um, gave the play-by-play, and it was, clear, it was clear as day that you could see that. Not knowing what that substance was or what effect it could possibly have on the fight is difficult to judge just based on the the video evidence but looked shady as fuck as, as it was being done because they usually grease these guys up when they're getting checked by yeah um whoever the commission has assigned to check them for check their wraps check their cup you know that's usually when you get your pre-fight grease down so for, for them to be doing that during the you know fighter introductions was super sketchy super weird um i did see some moments in the clinch where it, it that could have affected it could have affected the fight negatively for Diego Sanchez um but at this point in his career I, I I still don't think he comes out with a win in that fight right you know what I mean right like so yes I, as as bad as it might have been and as 
shady and 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 you know however much whatever level of cheating it actually was i'm i'm just not sure how much of an overall effect it had on the end of the fight yeah <clears throat> no i'm 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 with you on it um i think that it's definitely cheating i i do especially uh diego said that he wasn't given any grease I don't know if any of the other fighters were given grease. Austin really got some fucking grease. Um, but even more than that, when I watched the fight, um, both, um, you know, the, the night it happened and then tonight, um, my biggest takeaways were that Austin Trout was the first boxer to come into BKFC to utilize his strengths in boxing in the sport of BKFC. He looked good. Yeah. He really did. By that, what I mean is a strong jab to keep Diego at bay, keep the fight long, um, you know, and uh, also head movement, just superior head movement. Didn't matter if it was standing in front of each other, there'd be corners where Austin would kind of be like in the, like cornered to, and Diego would be able to be right over the top of him or right by him. And he was, you know, should be able to get off shots when you're that close at that angle, especially when the opponent has to look backwards and up at you and still moving his head around, dodging the, dodging the shots. I was really, that was my biggest takeaway from that fight was, okay, now we get to see elite high level head movement um, and a strong jab dictating the, the pace of the fight. I mean, he, he looked really good. And right after the fight, they taught, they brought in, um, or no, they, they didn't bring him in, but they talked about um, him fighting for the belt next, um, even though this is his first BKFC fight. But I think that he has, you know, all the talent to be able to justify getting a title shot, not just having a name value, but also the talent for BKFC. Like, I want to see this guy fight the highest levels of BKFC to see that, to see how right. they do with, you know, these kind of uh, strengths and advantages. Right. You could... You could tell, I mean, even if you didn't know this guy and you didn't know either guy, and you just turned it on and started watching this fight, you could tell he was a boxer. Yeah. You could tell by his stance. You could tell by his heavy lead foot. You could tell by the jab, um, the head movement, all that, all that stuff. Just like you said, you could you could tell he was a boxer. I would pump the brakes on an immediate title shot after that, just because it was Diego Sanchez. Okay. Mm. Like. I'm not sure how good Austin Trout looking was him being that good or Diego being that bad. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it was also Diego's first BKFC fight. Um, and so Diego hasn't looked good in a long time. That's in, true. In any in any sport, any organization. That's true. No, that's true. Um, yeah, those are good points. Um, realistically, you know, there's probably not a long list of contenders. Right. going up for right. the title um, and the name value with the skill set. We'll have to see how it works out. All I'm saying is that normally I would have those same reservations for fighters just coming in um, or without that kind of level of experience, but given them his strengths and how he was able to utilize those strengths, I'm interested to see him fight the higher competition. Um, but yeah, but just because it was Diego, Diego Sanchez, it's a good point. The thing that I really realized about, um, you know, Austin Trout versus, you know, some of the other boxers, Paulie Malignaggi, some of the other ones that have come into BKFC is I don't know if when the 
boxers get in here, if they're used to the gloves, like having the gloves, getting hit by the gloves, then they start getting hit by the knuckles and using their knuckles. And maybe there was a sense of preparation. Like maybe they, maybe up until this point, like they've kind of overlooked the sport. They're like, oh, it's bare knuckle boxing. So it's literally just taking the gloves off. I could mm-hmm. do this. It's, it's, it's a whole different sport than boxing, you know, than MMA, than all that. And so being able to utilize that, um, you know, as well as he did and, and look as good as he did, I was like, okay, now we're starting to see this because for a long time, all the MMA guys that would come in looked better than mm-hmm. the boxing guys coming in. Right. And I, I don't know if because the gloves are smaller and the rest of it or because MMA, there's a whole different level of all the different, you know, combat stuff you got to train for, the ground game and the kicks and all the rest of that. And so I don't know, you know, if it was that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, I was really impressed by Austin Trout. Was he cheating? Was there cheating in his corner? Yeah, there's fucking cheating in the corner. You're not supposed to put the fucking grease on the guy's shoulders. You're not supposed to grease him up like that. The grease goes on the face. The grease isn't to protect the face. It's so that the punches slide off so that they are they don't get fucking you know cut up and bled and the fight gets stopped from that. It's so that the fight continues to go on. So yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And I guarantee you that no matter what in his next fight, given the amount of uh, outrage that you know, because even Big John McCarthy, I don't know if you heard his view on it, but he was, mm-hmm. he was super pissed about about the whole grease gating scandal, um, and, and a lot of other people too. So I guarantee you that they're going to be watching it like a lot, you know, it's not just him, but other yeah, other fighters so. and stuff. So maybe it was the best thing for the sport. Um, before that, we had John Dotson taking on um, Grant. Um, it was. I mean, great fight by Dotson. Also, his brother fought on the undercard, um, and he got a KO as well. Yeah, Dotson's awesome. Yeah, um, but the thing that really made it weird to me is if you go back and you watch the fight, the punch that lands that that drops him doesn't look like it's a very solid punch. It's hard to tell. It's always hard to tell those things by watching it. But then the guy, you know, um, Grant, he goes down, he gets up, before the eight count and then when they get to nine he takes a knee and then they just call it off that's how much it hurts when john dodson hits you <laughs> and 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 he was fighting in the ufc's super light divisions back when they were fresh and he was the only person consistently knocking people down in that way division. Out. yeah and no, he, true. he has always done that and it's pure speed he is so fast it is crushing when he hits you yeah he has knockouts over tj dillashaw he got knockdowns over demetrius johnson yep. when demetrius johnson like yeah, that not, was a, and i that still was think he, i still think he won that fight hmm. um again who's winning rounds and who's winning the fight you know what i'm saying <laughs> if i'm if i'm putting you down three or four times in a fight how how are you winning these rounds yeah like, i remember watching that fight live and i don't remember anything else about it but yeah um, yeah. So yeah. John Johnson's been doing that, and I know he's getting up there in in age, but he does not seem to have lost a step, and he still has that crushing power. Yeah. Well, they always say power is the last thing that goes. Um, but in all honesty, that makes sense. I mean, not only from the discrepancy, but like the dude probably got up and in his own head. You know, Grant, I mean, he was ready to go and he was just like, fuck this, I'm not moving forward. <laughs> yeah. So he just took a knee because it was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing to see it. I was just like, especially with all the controversy that BKFC, it's almost like every event there was some kind of controversy where it's like, what the fuck happened here? Um, yeah, so 
Uh, good job for Dotson. Um, and then the biggest upset of the night was before that. Um, so we had uh, Hardy. Yeah, getting, former UFC fighter Greg yeah, Hardy. Greg Hardy getting knocked out. The weird thing about it is he's going by Junior now. I don't know. So his dad, he went. But. I know. No, I know. Well, obviously, but the thing is, is that like he went in his whole professional career as Greg Hardy. He went in his whole UFC career as Greg Hardy, yeah. and now maybe. he's Greg Hardy Jr. I don't know. Maybe he's recently reconciled with him, and I don't fucking know. Dude. I, I don't know either. I just thought it was weird because when <clears> they <throat> said when they announced him in the ring and they were like Greg Hardy Jr., I was like, huh. all, I, uh, all I know is that Watson knocked. Watson knocked him the fuck out. Yeah, he did. And Watson looked, you know, um, well, like a like a fucking tank. Hardy didn't look bad. Hardy was landing a good jab. Hardy cut Watson up. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, as as hard a puncher as you would think Hardy would be, mm-hmm. uh, Watson had the heavier hands. He, he did. The thing was, was Hardy didn't do a good enough job of keeping Watson to the outside, mm-hmm. right? He had the longer arms. He was longer, much taller than Watson. If he would have, and he's in the first round, he was, you know, before he got knocked out, he was, he gave him the jab maybe once or twice. If he was, you know, keeping that distance and being able to score more, it would have been a completely different fight. But because he was letting Watson get in on him, he kept getting convoluted being all the tall guy trying to fight in there. And he was getting Wally whopped all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, and speaks to an experience and a lot of those other things. Um, but yeah, but I was, um, I was surprised because you could tell that the BKFC were really trying to push Hardy as mm-hmm. their next, you know, big thing mm-hmm. and really trying to make him this next big thing. And, um, he fell flat on his face, you know, flat on his back. Well, I mean, both, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, a yeah. couple times in the fight. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was a great fight. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how um, both these fighters do in their next fight, seeing how Hardy comes back and seeing what Watson looks like because Watson's now one and one. And so, um, yeah, I love when those underdogs like that that everybody counts out and they're like, "Who is this guy? I don't know." And then he goes and knocks the other dude mm-hmm. out and takes him out. I'm just like, that's that's the beauty of this of this of combat sports. Yep, that's the beauty absolutely. of it. Completely agree. Yeah. So. Um, like I said, there's a lot of fights on this card. There was a lot of knockouts. There was a lot of stuff that could be talked about. The one fight that I wanted to profile, or the fighter really, was uh, Kroom, who fought on the first fight of the... Kevin Kroom. Yeah, Kevin Kroom, who fought on the first fight of the main card against Chevy Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, man, not only did he get the knockout, and it looked punishing, but... Um, the dude can talk well. Um, he is a, a character. He looks like he's going to be able to do quite a bit. As far as BKFC is concerned, I'm really going to be looking forward to this dude and what he has to offer. If if he has skills like he does and then the personality like that, I mean, you know, sky's the limit. So. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, where Where do we know him from? He was a former UFC fighter. Is that why we know him? That name, it's yeah, just, it's so familiar. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, he did look familiar, but at the same okay. time, yeah, he's been everywhere. UFC, Bellator, Titan. Okay, gotcha. Okay, because I do, because I am familiar with that, with that name. But he wasn't making lasting impressions like that in the MMA landscape. Yeah. Um. So it's good to see him get that here at Bare Knuckle Fighting. Yeah, exactly. And he's one to know now, but just off that 
performance alone, I was like, okay, like this is somebody you got to take note of. So awesome. I'll, I'll be interested to see where he comes out. So he was fighting. The guy he was fighting was named Chevy Bridges. Mm-hmm. Okay. When he came out, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but when he came out, <laughs> he had a sleeveless T-shirt, like a muscle tee, that had Calvin pissing on the Chevy symbol. You remember like the old school yeah. 90s oh, yeah. Calvin whenever yep. people had oh, yeah. bumper stickers and it'd be Calvin pissing on whatever. On um, whatever they hated. Yeah. yeah. It was that, him pissing on the Chevy symbol. So when he came out with this mullet and then pissing on the Chevy symbol, I was like, this dude like all Ford and all like that about it, but it wasn't. But your name is Chevy. It's because the dude he's fighting is named Chevy. So it shows Calvin pissing on the Chevy gotcha. symbol. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and then he goes out there and sparks him. I'm like. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. That's, that's what I'm that, talking about. That's that. That's that yeah. uh, <clears throat> subtle mental yeah. warfare. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah, yeah. But to then perform on top of it, like awesome, awesome. So, yeah, great, great, great card. That's all I gotta say. So if if I wasn't if we weren't going to uh, that one in Denver. I was going to get tickets to, to that to Knuckle Mania because it was in Albuquerque, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, man, that would have been a crazy fight to see live. But still, just as great to see at home. So if you haven't seen it, fucking do yourself a favor. Yep. All right. And that is the end of the overview. So let's move on to the hot takes. Hot takes. It's really hot. Hot. Not sure how <clears throat> hot it is at this point, 30 seasons in, but... Um... Uh, the new Ultimate Fighter season is going to be coming. I mean, up. it's pretty hot. You know, I we mean, got McGregor on there, so that's true. Uh, that's true. I mean, they, they did pick some some decent coaches that'll provide us some entertainment. Um, but we, you know, one of the previous episodes we had talked about maybe the talent isn't quite up there with like the Contender series, right? So as as far as or the format, maybe it doesn't right. work as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But. Um, still should provide some good, um, entertaining TV to watch. I know I'll watch it. I've always been a big fan of Tough. Um, I think Chandler and McGregor will provide some good stuff. Um, but the vets and um, amateurs, I think, is a nice um, pairing. You know, yeah. some of these guys are going to be UFC vets. You know, we look through the list of names. Some of these are people that. Um, have fought in the UFC. Jason Knight. Jason Knight. Former BKFC UFC fighter. Anthony Burchak. Burchak, been, yep. been in Japan. Yep. Um, yeah, no. Um, I love... So the last time the UFC did something with vets, I mean, I think it was Ultimate Fighter 4. Yeah. I, I don't... I, I mean, I've watched a lot of them. I don't pay attention, but it seems like that's the last one they brought in a bunch of vets and the winner got a title shot and that was Matt Serra and that was him taking out GSP and how crazy that shit was. Right. So the fact now that after all this time, they're going to let, you know, bring vets in mm-hmm. and it's 50, 50. So, you know, we're probably going to see some vets versus vets, but probably vets versus some amateurs or up and comers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I'm, I'm excited for that. Like just that format alone of being able to see some of these fighters we haven't seen in a minute back in the UFC and see them fight either up and coming talent or other, you know, um, old, you know, vets. Um, I, I'm, that's going to get me to tune in. Like I'm, right. I was kind of on the fence. I was going to watch it because I know we were going to talk about it. So I was going to watch some of it, but I really could give a shit less for, McGregor and Chandler and the antics and the fucking blah, 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 back and forth. Like, I could care less about that. But seeing some, I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest with you, but seeing some vets coming in and being able to shake it up and mix it with, um, you know, the amateurs and kind of see how that all plays out, 
now I'm more interested in it. And I'm also interested to see what happens in the house because you're going to have these amateurs. Not like when you have a bunch of amateurs and either they're going crazy or they're not or whatever, but they're all the same mindset. They all share the same mindset because this is their first time coming in. Mm -hmm. Now the house is going to be half, you know, fighters that already know the deal and half that don't. And maybe we'll get to see, you know, um, you know, them helping them out or get to see a whole different dimension there um, than what has been normally on the tough show. So that gets me excited about it. I was, I was really excited to see that that was going to be how they're formatting it. It'll, it'll be good. The weight divisions are 135 and 155. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're way too early picks. Are you going amateur or vet? Who I mean, but here's the thing. Okay. Like, like who wins the, who wins the season? You can't ask me that because one, <laughs> I, I haven't, I know, but the thing is, is I haven't done enough research to know who any of these amateurs are. So if you ask me, I'm going to go with the vets, right? No, that's sure. what I know. No, that's why it's the way too early picks. It's yeah. like, cause instead, instead of like, even without knowing who these people are, who do you think has the edge an amateur or a vet? And I would agree. I would say it was a vet. I mean, the vets obviously have the advantage just in the fact that, like, they've been under the big light. Some of these guys have been in multiple promotions, multiple sports, um, doing the thing. So I don't think there's anything that they haven't seen really that's going to, that, you know, is going to happen on the show. So that should be an advantage. The other thing that we always talk about, though, is is youth. That's mm. a huge advantage. You know what I'm saying? Some of these fighters, even though they may, you know, mentally be able to be completely there and understanding, you know, maybe their body doesn't keep, can't keep up with, um, you know, just even the normal stuff. Like maybe they get injured. Maybe they suffer fucking, you know, shit and they can't make it to the fight. Maybe, you know, I mean, and that could happen to amateurs too. But the thing is, is that when you're younger, your body's a lot more receptive to fix that kind of stuff and to, you know, get mm-hmm. through it and the rest of it, especially if you don't have the miles on your, on your body and the rest of that. So, I mean, one, one has one advantage, one has another advantage. Really what it's going to come down to is who's better on at each of those fights. Like it always is not even who's better, just, you know, who performs better at each of those fights, right? It's not even about who's better. Sometimes the better fighter, you know, is like, you know, messes up or makes a mistake and then gets capitalized on or, you know, isn't there, doesn't show up for the fight mentally, even though they have the better skills. I mean, that's what's awesome about this sport is that you have an idea about how this should go. And even when, you know, it's like everybody understands how this fight should go, a lot of times that doesn't mean that's how it goes. So, Agreed. Yeah. I'm still going back. You're still going back. Okay, I see what you're, I see what you're saying there. Um, yeah, I, I would really love to see it. I, what I would really love to see is, you know, some of these guys that have been cut coming back, not only winning one of these dudes coming back, not only winning the tough, but then coming back and making a statement to be like, look, like, you can get cut, you can go out there, you can travel around, you can finalize their opponents, you can gain this experience, you can come back, you can fucking throw it down. And you know what I'm saying? That yeah. That would be awesome to see, so... Yeah, I, I don't see anybody. I don't see whoever wins this season making a making a deep USC run. <laughs> well, especially if it's the bet. What about the amateur? You don't see the amateurs doing it either. I I, I don't. We talked about this. We talked about where <laughs> where the better talent was coming from, what the better proving grounds are, and it's just not the Ultimate Fighter anymore. By and large, yes, that's true. At the same time, you never know. Sometimes they have really good talent, and they're like, and the UFC decides, no, we're not going to put you on the contender series. We're going to put you on tough because we like the color of your hair or whatever the fuck the deal is, okay? So, 
until we get to see how these dudes perform, it's really going to be hard for me to make a decision one way or another. But I'm just saying, we've seen crazier shit happen. We've seen old-ass Matt Sarah come back, look like a fucking completely different fighter, and no, knock out the young GSP and take dude, the belt. that was like 20 years ago. But, like, bro, shit fucking happens in a cycle sometimes. So I'm just saying, like, who knows? That's all I'm saying. Who I'm, fucking knows? Right. I'm just saying, based on the past six or seven seasons the ultimate fighter like and i like these guys yeah i do i've watched the seasons i like these guys as people i like them as fighters i think there's potential it just it just hasn't happened these guys aren't making the deep run yeah i mean you're right you're right they really haven't been but we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens so yeah. let's mix it up um, also, it was announced that Jens Pulver and Jose Aldo will be entering the Hall of Fame. Both completely justified in my book. Um, hey, but why isn't Jens in there already? That would be my question. Like, it's, it's, a good, it's, it's a good question. Perfect it is. timing for Aldo, but no, no, Jens isn't in there already? He's I, your first I, UFC lightweight champ. I what, agree. I agree. He was, was the, the first. Here. I know. But what, what, is the, what is the deal with, the, with the, that era? The early era, the, you know, early Zufa era, pre-Zufa era, all that time period. I don't know what it is about that, but a lot of those fighters don't seem to get to shine. Even some of the fighters that do, they don't get to shine as them going into the Hall of Fame. It's like one fight that they had right, where they, yeah. it was a war and then that gets put in the Hall right. of Fame. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they're so selective with it. I, I don't know what the criteria is for it to be completely honest with you um but even more than that i don't know why fucking frank shamrock isn't in that bitch okay well, frank shamrock should have been in there fucking i think we know the answer i mean that. we know from a dana white having a personal is randy beef. couture in the ufc hall of fame yes okay but that was before <laughs> but that was before that shit but yeah. yeah he was one of the first ones to go into the hall of fame but but that's the thing is that it doesn't matter about the personal shit that you should have. The company has been sold over and over to this point. It's completely different. I'm just saying, like, it was good to see Randleman get put in the Hall of Fame. He deserved to be in there. Mm -hmm. It's good to see Pulver get to be in the Hall of Fame. He should be put in there. There's a lot of those fighters that, sh that should. Marie Smith got put in the Hall of Fame. And... I'm a big fan of Murray Smith, but there's a lot of other fighters that should have been put in there as well. Yeah. And, and even before Murray Smith mm -hmm. in my book. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm happy for Jens Pulver. I'm happy for Jose Aldo completely justified, but there are other fighters that should definitely be in the hall of fame, but it's also the UFC hall of fame. Like what we need is we need an MMA hall of fame. We need a legitimate hall of fame. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Some more the fucking, the pride champions. Cause you know, they're not going to put Fedor in Fedor in that bitch and he needs to be in there. Yep. So uh, yeah, that's the other Pro cap. Cop, yeah. I mean, and the list goes on and on, not even just there, but I mean, just so many fighters that need to, that have to, you know, that have been pillars of this sport for so long that have changed the sport and have continued to add on to the sport, even after them not fighting anymore, or even after they're dead, you know? Right. And so, yeah, th we should have an MMA hall of fame. The UFC is the biggest promotion. They do their own hall of fame. So I guess they can do whatever they want, put whoever they want in there, even if it's, you know, not looked at as being completely legitimate. But Pulver and Aldo, that's that's great. So Yeah, I agree. I'm happy for both of them. Um, like I said, it's kind of a black eye on the whole thing that Jens Pulver is just now getting in there, but better late than never, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so... Uh, 
another thing to hit the news um, since our last show was that the new UFC contracts that have come out um, or journalists have got their hands on the new UFC contracts, rather. And they state that um, if any fighter has any kind of dispute with the organization, that they cannot go to court. It has to go to arbitration. So they have to go through arbitration. You can't, like, take it to court, can't sue them, can't, you know, do anything like that. It has to go through arbitration. You know what arbitration is? Uh, I'm... My experience with arbitration is fairly limited. I know it's a, a really expedited process. I know it's not long and drawn out like um, a court case. A, a court case. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also really um, limited as, as far as like presenting evidence, presenting yep. witnesses, that yep. kind of thing. It's, it's pretty much like... You, you basically you're going in there, you're stating your case, they're gonna state their case. Yeah. And and there's really not a whole lot to it. And then you have one person, the arbiter, yeah. who decides the fate. Doesn't need to necessarily be a judge. Sometimes it's a judge. Doesn't need to be for an arbitration. But yeah, you file your request with your evidence with that, and the arbitrator looks through all of that, meets, lets each side say something, makes the decision. Um so yeah, um, I don't know how they can do that. To, you know, um, I guess they can put it in the contract, but they're not, you know, employees and get into all that fiasco. So I just, I, I don't know how that can be even, you know, really legal, like from a from a due process standpoint. Um, but the other thing about it is that they, by signing the contract, they waive their right in the future to signing any class action lawsuit. Right. And that's not uncommon um, with a lot of places that you work for when you sign, you know, whether it's your employment agreement, whether it's, you know, your resignation, whether it's your your termination papers. That's that's a common clause I've seen a lot. You waive the right to the class, to, action. To the class action lawsuit. Um, what I thought was interesting about that is, Aren't aren't they currently in the middle of a class action lawsuit? Yeah, no, a major class action lawsuit. And the lawsuit itself had it had it split where there was the original group Mm -hmm. that brought forth the class action lawsuit, which had to do with fighters. I think it was before like 2011. I think was where it was. And then the second group that got added to it afterwards was fighters after 2011, Mm -hmm. so that more fighters you know, could apply and be part of the class action lawsuit. Um, And so, yeah, and so they're trying to mitigate, you know, um, their, I don't know, potential for loss, right, is what it is when it comes down to it. But at the same time, you know, everybody's supposed to be entitled, you know, to law and the due process of law and going through that and, so, you know, by just going in straight into arbitration, I mean, it makes it makes it, I don't know, it, it, it makes it not only shady from that kind of moralistic standpoint, but it also, you know, makes it so that they're kind of trying to bypass the, the legal system of what's available and, what, mm-hmm. and what's not. And yeah. um, I, I don't know, man. I just, as much as I enjoy combat sports, as much as I enjoy mixed martial arts as much as i enjoy the ufc fights that we watch 
I don't see that the UFC is going to stay the top for a long time. I really don't. I completely I, agree. I think that they've done a lot to get in their own way. I think that they are short-sighted with the decision-making that they put on, and this is just another example of that, of both, and I just... Um, I don't. I don't know. I just. I, I. I just think that sometimes, like maybe the you know people that make the calls in that organization live on a different planet or something. I just. I don't see it. I. I don't like anything about it. I don't like the way it looks, in you know, in the greater overall context of things. You know, you're like like I said, you're in the middle of a class action lawsuit, and you want to <laughs> sign all of your new. Guys, to me, hey, well, you can't do what they're doing. Okay, <laughs> they're, yes, I know this is a long, drawn-out thing, but you're not allowed to do it. You don't like, get to you don't get to pick sponsors. <laughs> you don't get to pick the way you get marketed. You don't get to fucking get any money from those things. You don't get to do a lot of shit. You're not an employee, so you can't claim benefits. And now you can't even sign for a class action lawsuit, which is a fucking whole other fiasco. Which maybe down the line, somewhere down the line, a bunch of fighters will get to split some amount of money and. It'll probably end up being a couple thousand or something. I don't know. But do you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I think the best thing that's going to come out of the class action lawsuit is not the money that they may or may not get. It's going to be how it changes the way the UFC does business. Oh, yeah. And so I know this is how these contracts are looking right now. I don't expect this to be permanent moving forward. Yeah. I definitely think the UFC is going to have to change. I think that'll be the result of this current class action lawsuit. Yeah. Is that there's going to be things you're not allowed to do, especially with a combat sport like you have. And there are going to be rights and privileges you're going to have to allow yeah. your independent contractors. Yeah. And they're going to have to offer health insurance to their fighters. It's going to have to happen. They'll probably get some kind of like crazy fucking health insurance type shit, you know. But, I mean, I can't see them continuing to go on with the sport for without having some sort of thing. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like no, you know, I, no, all I these know dudes exactly do is beat the shit out of themselves. No, I know. Like it's just. It's but even if you put the clause in there that it's like, okay, you got to get 20 fights in before before, <laughs> before you qualify. You know, I mean, because because I I get it. You know, if somebody you bring somebody in on short notice, they sign with the three fight contract, they lose all three fights. You don't necessarily want to be on the hook for that guy if he goes around to all these other places, but. But those people, the Jim Millers, the Charles Oliveras, the you know, these people that are putting, you know, 30 fights, 30, 35 fights into your organization. Yes, they should. You should be taking care of them for the rest of their life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I definitely I definitely see that. And I mean, yeah, with with health insurance, depending on, you know, lifetime or whatever like that, it's just <sighs> I know. No, no, it's it's a whole convoluted issue that then gets into the whole rest of it because, whatever, where where we live in the U.S. Anyways, we will save that for a whole nother speech. All right, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Um, speaking of <laughs> laws and fucking political shit, <laughs> um, so I think it was uh yeah it's just over this last week, um, two members of Congress, two uh, representatives. Uh, one from New Jersey and another from Nebraska, um, both spoke out against Power Slap, the promotion, um, and oh, you know, um, trying to put pressure on TBS and Warner Brothers about, you know, about the show and not so much the show, just the the 
sport of it. Um, <laughs> um, he you know, did the air quotes for those of you who can't see. What's um, going yeah, on. you know, and just uh, you know, of two guys just standing in front of each other, slapping the shit out of you. Two two people standing in front of each other, slapping the shit out of each other as hard as they can, going Rochambeau back and forth. Um, you know, and so is there some legitimacy to that? Yes, but I don't know. I mean, before I put my two cents in, how do you feel? Look, about I don't even this? know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin with something like this. I I, I really don't because uh, so many thoughts go through my mind when I see this on the board of hot takes to talk about. It's like, first of all, I don't want to talk about power slap. <laughs> like I really don't. I really think we're blurring the lines and moving the goalposts as far as what qualifies as a combat sport <laughs> when we're talking about power slap. First of all. We're not going to get into all that stuff they do in Retro. We can't talk about second that. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, you know, for a politician to call anybody out on <laughs> shit like this, especially with with their behavior in in every single thing that they do nowadays, you like, mean a blood sucking leech cannot. There's just call... no more, There's even any more diplomacy anymore. Like you used right. to be able to look at these guys and be like, oh, you know, they got up together. They got this. It's a hard job, but they they but do the best not. they can. They no, don't have they it don't. together. No. They are the worst types of people. Yes. So 100. So for them to to come out and condemn anything, I, I think is utterly ridiculous. And then the third thing that goes through my mind is, wait a minute, you know, I might watch Power Slap if it were the politicians <laughs> slapping the shit out of each other. Awesome. Fucking awesome. See, see, now this, my man, this is why me and you do this podcast. Because me, being the type of person I am, I was already wrote off on Power Slap. Yeah. I was like, nope, yeah. this shit's not for me. It's for, you know, whoever likes that, that's good. It's not for me, whatever. <laughs> And then this came out, and they had, you know, politicians being like, come on, TBS, come on, Warner Bros., you guys shouldn't have this on TV. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> I'm going to give it one more shot. <laughs> now look and, what you've done. And, and, and give it a shot just because, you know, these parasites don't like it. And so I'm like, <laughs> maybe there's something good here. I don't know. Let me give it one more shot. Well, if I give TBS some better viewership, they won't get rid of it. <laughs> and now you're fucked. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I gave it another shot and watched it, and uh, – didn't change. Didn't change. <laughs> <laughs> so you tried though. You I tried. tried. I gave it a. I mean, a, a good, honest effort. I tried to watch it again, and I watched the whole episode. I watched uh, episode five and watched the whole thing, which is the most recent episode that you can watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, man, I just, I just fucking, even in the show when they're talking about oh. You know, this dude can take a slap. Oh, you know, the rest of it. They're like, dude, you can tell that they know that there's no skill involved with this. There's no, you know, it's just, I just, yeah. So No, anytime you watch it, anytime you watch any other sports television or any other sports podcast, there is a certain level of breakdown where you actually get into the things that make the sport work. Yeah. And that is totally non-existent with Power Slap. Exactly. Exactly. So when you're watching other sports, when you're watching it from home, you get a certain idea of what's happening. When you're watching it live, you get a completely another idea of what's happening and playing it or being active in it. You become much more understanding that all the complexities that are involved Mm -hmm. in the science that's going on behind it. Power Slap has none of that. 
when you're watching it, it's exactly what it is all the way around. <laughs> it's it's cut and dry. <clears throat> it's just two dudes standing in front of each other, slapping each other in the fucking face. That's all it is. Going yeah. back and forth. You ever been slapped? I have. No, oh, it's power slap. <laughs> <laughs> power slap. Uh, yeah. So I I just think it's funny because if anything, politicians standing up and trying to speak out on it, it didn't do good for MMA. Right. It doesn't right. do good for anything else that they try to block. Right. And them trying to do it now, I was like, is Dana White paying these fucking representatives to fucking yeah. <laughs> to condemn it so that people will fucking watch this shit? That's the only thing I could think. I was like, is this a PR move? I was like, I'm right. watching it. It's got to work. This has no. to be the fucking... That's the whole... It, it, any news is good... Or what if it's uh, any... Oh, man, I totally like It's like... Not any news is good news, oh, pub- but any publicity uh, is publicity. good publicity. Yes, yeah. exactly. There's no such thing as bad publicity. There you go. No yeah. such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. So, uh, good job, Congressman fucking New Jersey <laughs> and fucking cocksucker from <laughs> Nebraska. Piece of shit. Okay, so let's move on to the last piece of hot takes. Uh, John Jones, it's going to get hot. Yeah. John Jones. Yeah. Wants his no contest against DC reversed and put to a win because the amount of steroid metabolisms mm-hmm. that were that he found to have it would now be accepted as under the legal limit. Right. So it would have been legal if it happened today. Mm. So he wants a so he wants it overturned to a win. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a lot of different ways to, to look at this. Um, so the short answer for me is no. Okay. I didn't, I, I really thought you were going to say yes. No, the short answer for me is, is no. And, and that's not the only time he's ever popped for steroids, by the way. Yes. Okay. That's just his only no contest that he's been given as a result of his, popping, but he's also been stripped multiple times for testing positive for it. That's not, and again, not get into that. Um, but I mean, I got busted for possession of marijuana before it was legal and that didn't go away just because it became legal. I mean, there's a bunch of people that are still in jail purely for marijuana related incidences and they're not getting fucking let free now that it's fucking legal. Exactly. Because at point in time where they were in possession or whatever they were doing with it, it was illegal. Thus you are paying the price for it and you're punished for it. Yeah. That's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I was kind of, I was under, I was thinking myself, I was like, no, it's not going to reverse it. Yes. I understand him. I think him just bringing it up and bringing it to talk about it kind of like helps people or gets people rather to, to like grasp that, uh, yeah, he cheated, but not so much. Cause if it happened today, it wouldn't happen. Right. Like I, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. even have thought about that if he wouldn't have brought it up. And then I was like, Oh, I guess it is legal now. Oh, that's kind of crazy how they've, you know, kind of rescinded. Cause back then when it happened, I mean, if you were busted with fucking picograms or whatever they mm-hmm. were, uh, just right. a fucking very, very, I mean, we're talking microscopic amounts of fucking steroids. Mm-hmm. They were giving away like fucking two year ban, five year ban. Right. They're like, you get busted this fucking 10 years. I mean, right. it was some authoritative shit back then. Um, so on one hand, it's like, oh, okay, it's, it's to me, it's cool that they've kind of rescinded that because, We've talked about my whole aspect on the drug shit, but, um, yeah, um, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, from a legal standpoint, it makes no difference. It was illegal. Then the contest happened. Then 
it's illegal. Right. So. Yeah. So, like I said, this, the answer for me is is no. And I'm not the one that gets to decide these things. I don't have. You're it. not the arbitrator on this. I'm, I'm not the arbiter oh, on this, fuck. unfortunately. Boy, he would not like it if I was. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> but well, go you're co- well, and you're so unbiased, right? With your uh, with your viewpoint. So no, I mean, uh... not when it comes to John Jones, <laughs> I'm very biased. Um, but no, no, that stays as no contest. You broke the rules, and and let's not forget that. Yeah, okay. By the time you were tested, you might have been under the threshold. The point is, it's still an indicator that you took performance enhancing drugs, that you took steroids. Yeah, like. If if they took my blood and tested me, I wouldn't have any picograms. Why? Never done any steroids. Like, you know, right? That, that's that's exactly how it goes. And you can pulse for as long as you want. You still took it that one time, which resulted in you in you pulsing. Right. No, I mean, yeah. How I how I see it is the fact of like this whole this whole drug thing. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't right. give a shit right. about steroids and the rest of it. I don't care. I don't care. I fucking I don't care. So, but from a legal standpoint, from whether or not just just on legal grounds, not talking about whether it's legal now or whatever, just from a just from a logical legal standpoint, no, it should not be overturned. So, I like I like the facade. You do? I, I yeah, I I do. I I think it plays out well for the general public, for the casual. Um, I think it does what little it can to legitimize the sport. Um, it, you know, I mean, there's. I, I watch basketball. I watch football. I watch other major league sports, and you know, these people get caught doping in those. Yeah, all, all the they time. They get suspensions. Yeah, and, like yeah, it, it's a thing. So I'm not saying this thing n- never happens, but you just but, like. I, I, but like I said, I like the facade. I like that okay. they're pretending like they're making an attempt because to keep then it, it looks clean. like other major sports right. because right. they all share that same thing. My thing, you're right, but my thing is, in a lot of these other sports. There's other shit that's going on besides two dudes just beating the shit out of each other. Now, in some of these other sports, two dudes do beat the shit out of each yep, other. Yep. Or people, you know, end up getting hurt. But in all these other sports, that's not the focus. The True. focus isn't to hurt the other player. It's a, to score the the yep. ball in the hoop or take the ball to the fucking line or whatever the fuck. Run around the fucking bases, right? Mm-hmm. There's all these other exactly. viewpoints of what exactly. needs to happen. When it comes to, you know, people doing damage to each other, I mean... On one hand, yes, you want it, you want it to be as fair as you can. You really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want it to be as you know level playing field to see who's the best. The problem with that is it's never going to be a fucking level playing field. Right. It's it's not. It's just not going to happen. And even if it was a complete level playing field, we talked about the mental game. Who knows what goes up and down with the mental game? You show up, your mental isn't there. Doesn't matter about the fucking rest of your physical. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna end I, up. I I do, and I, and I also don't want it to start messing with people's competitive spirit right because the whole one of the whole tenets of that like all of the the greatest of all times you have is is how competitive they were and how they got this drive right and and bottom line is that you get to this point where you're like if you ain't cheating you ain't trying right right and so on that some level you do want to see people with so much drive and so much competitive willpower that they're looking for all any and all edges they possibly can have. You're right. And I don't want that to go away because that's what gives us the amazing athletes that we have. You're right. And also, you know, we have all these different combat sports promotions and I don't know if any of them offer any kind of real, you know, health insurance or, you know, do anything like that. And so 
it's like to me it's like if they if they want to take a fucking bunch of drugs and fucking mix it up <laughs> you know what i'm saying no, i'm like yeah. hey you know, I'll t- I'll tell you what. If everyone if everyone ended up like the 2013 TRT Vitor Belfort, <laughs> dude, can you, you imagine might, the you, fucking fights we see? <laughs> Holy I, I shit! I might be totally on board with that <laughs> because <laughs> that was something else to behold, man. That's all we what. need. We need cards of just full fucking juiced up Vitors just it's going to war with each other. Everybody shouting T-Rex, Jesus, Mohawk, fucking. fucking go- <laughs> 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 like foaming at the mouth, like. Like you know, can't wait let's to get into the ring. Let's <laughs> not. Let's just fucking. But the thing is, is that that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be the deciding factor of all of them. And even if it did, even if that was the case, even if everybody was, they're fucking. It would take out of their fucking life expectancy, and they would all be a you lot, know, a lot. Crashing and and, and you'd and never stuff. get stuff like that sanctioned and yeah. legal to the point yeah. where you could make it as big of a business or as big of a sports league. Yeah. You know no, exactly. Because even though the fights may be even more chaotic or even more, you know, over the top, it wouldn't change, like, the outcomes, right? The yeah. outcomes would still end up being 50-50 overall, you know, you know, and more so... Or less. More yeah, or more or less. less. So it's just like, yeah, it would just, so... Yep, agreed. All right. So let's move on to The Mill. The rumor mill. So many rumors. Rumors abound. Um, I mean, so the biggest one, and and there's there's a lot, but the biggest one has got to be the Islam um, IV. Yes. Before yes, exactly. Before you UFC two eighty four. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a lot of confusion for me around this for a couple of reasons. Um, one because I thought IVs were completely banned exactly and and they were at one i'm not wrong about that they were at one time exactly per the ufc ivs were permanently banned yep um and then they walked it back they did walk that back they didn't tell anybody no that they walked or at least they didn't tell they didn't make it public maybe the fighters knew yeah but i didn't know i didn't know and i I paid certain pretty managers, close attention to this certain rat fuck you, managers would know yeah exactly. but you're allowed to get a doctor's exemption you're allowed to get a professional to administer it for exactly. you, and and what I thought was the craziest thing about what I was reading is you can get, you can get exemptions after the fact. That's what I think super weird. Like you don't have to do it before you can be like, oh well, you know, we did this and it's all good, and here's my after the fact exemption. So could you apply for an ex- after the fact exemption? But if they said no, could you be like, well, it was good because it didn't happen anyways? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying about this whole thing. Like. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't get that whole wording on, on the clause. Now, however, a lot of this is dependent upon the commission. Exactly. Of wherever the sport's being exactly. held, right? Exactly. And as far as Australia is concerned, they are completely banned. Yes. Okay. So, thus, the, you know, the scandal comes about that there are fighters claiming. Yep. Islam used an IV to rehydrate. Well, not just fighters. I mean, his own manager. Uh, and then, and there you go. You, I mean, you have to expand on that because that's super interesting <laughs> that your own manager would I mean, give you up like that. I mean, yeah, but it's really not because we're talking about a fucking snitch. So a fucking snitch to go and snitch on his own fighter about it. I, I wasn't surprised at all. No, okay? we, we gotta. You gotta mention this person by name. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Ali Ratfuck Abdelaziz. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking for. 
That's exactly what I was looking for. Remember, okay. remember the name, okay? This yeah. guy's a, this guy's a fucking. I mean, piece. we're gonna, we'll cover it more, okay? And I'll never <laughs> hesitate to bury that cocksucker. But the problem, the problem here isn't just you know one rat fuck manager or um, really even the IV thing. Like, let's let's be honest with you, right? I mean, you got different commissions and different rules set up and different things, and it's it kind of goes back to you know if. In different areas, there's different rule sets so that certain stuff's allowed in certain areas. It can be it can be convoluted for fighters depending on where you're fighting. You know, in different. I can in, only imagine how yeah, difficult that would be. I know. In di- okay, so instead of being so vague about it, in certain states, certain things are legal that mm. aren't in other states. Yeah. Certain commissions have adopted the unified rules Mm -hmm. and some of them haven't right and so when you fight in these different political boundaries right that's all these are when you fight in these different fucking imaginary line boundaries you end up having to you know be aware of that so that certain things that you could do and others you can't do and certain things you have to look out for and others you don't have to look out for it becomes a convoluted fucking mess okay this whole iv thing they wanted to stop it because they felt that um, fighters were taking advantage of the weight cuts and then mm. rehydrating with the IVs, making it so that the weight cuts were, you know, harder to hit and you had more fighters missing weight cuts because they were trying to get the advantage. So they were miss they were cutting, you know, trying to cut rather too much weight. Mm-hmm. So they took out the IVs to try to mitigate that. Um you know, did it help? Did it not help? I don't know. The fact is that they've already rescinded that and made it so that now, like you said, it's a whole fucking mess in itself. Um, but neither here nor there, it's not our job to sit here and try to figure out all the, um, illogical parts of this sport or even the UFC in in its business model. The thing is that to me, it's pretty cut and dry. You're not allowed to take a UIV, a UAV, uh, UAV, Jesus, I've been playing too much Warzone. <laughs> You're not allowed to take a UA or a UA son of a bitch. I don't even know what I'm talking about. An IV. You're not allowed to have an IV in the country of Australia. Okay? You're for combat sports, you're not allowed to take one. Islam apparently took one. Um, you know, first Dan Hooker came out and said who's part of uh um Volkanovsky's team, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, the city came, yep, came out and said that, you know, he had taken, he had uh, hired a nurse. Him and his team had hired a nurse to give him an IV when they were in Australia. And that was where it originally started. That caused a bunch of controversy to then kick up. Um, and then Ratfuck manager um, jumped in and thought he was going to help by (laughs) (laughs) by snitching and telling that, you know, even if Islam had, it's completely within the rules for him to do so. Totally missing the point that it's not it's not in the commission and the commission is the one who has the say so. So Mm -hmm. the commission in Australia can retroactively, even at this point, be like, no, you took an IV. If if they can prove that he took an IV, then they can overturn the result and it would be a no contest. Um, So then it went back that way. So then the ball went that way. And then it ended up that the striking coach or one of the striking coaches for city kickboxing, uh, I forget what his name is. He says that he has a smoking gun. This was just a couple days ago that Islam did have a uh, IV. Um, you 
made a good point about that earlier when we talked about it. You said, you know, well, if he did, why didn't they supply it yet? Right. I don't know why you wouldn't, unless unless you were trying to find the best way to, instead of just coming out and putting it on Twitter, like, here's the thing, if you tried to, like, take it to the commission and have a hearing overturned and then present your evidence, maybe the evidence is, like, wish-washy in the fact that, like, if they brought it up beforehand, maybe something could happen to make, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't come out now and just say what it is, but for whatever reason, they haven't. So we'll have to see how this plays out. Um, and, and I also can't imagine <clears throat> what a smoking gun would be. I mean, like I the nurse. I, like, okay. Okay. So you but, have the nurse who would have the thing to be like, look, I was hired. So Here's where I was hired. This is the idea I gave it. Exactly. There okay. would have to be paperwork to back I it up. I can see that. You couldn't just get somebody off streets and be like, this is the fucking nurse. She said she did it. Here's here's the needle. Yeah. Here's the needle in yeah. the IV bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean, we're completely speculating at this point as to what it could be. And when the rest of it, could there be a smoking gun? Yes, there could. If he got an IV, there would have to be some sort of documentation on it, especially if you paid somebody to do it, right? Because right. then there's a paper trail. Right. So then they'd have to explain how you paid some fucking doctor in Australia this money and the would cost the same to administer the so whatever we'll see how this has to play out um but it is you know the bi- biggest rumor really going on right now and um with uh you know mixed martial arts and combat sports and so my whole take on it is that you know um that IVs being banned to me I see or care about as much as I care about drugs being banned. Don't right, care. Right. Um, but from the standpoint that, you know, it is illegal or it's it, the commission is banned from the commission in Australia. And the commission is the one who has the right to oversee that. And they're the ones that have the right to make the ruling on the decision on the fight itself to, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much change history. The fight itself is already so close. We've talked about how you look at it one way and it's a win for Islam. You look at it another way, it's a win for Volkanovsky. It would be perfect that, um, you know, we don't get fights like these a lot, these right. champion versus champion fights with a lot being on the line. Um, and so to have one and to have all this uh, happen afterwards and be caught up in it, I mean... I don't know. It's kind of par for the course, you know, I, I in, in the fact that like, you know, it, it almost is too good to be true, you know, right, to get right. these kind of things to happen because right. there's all this extra shit that gets involved and you know, rat fucks will be rat fucks. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how I look at it. Remember the name. Okay. Cause you're going to be hearing more about this guy. He never fails to disappoint. <laughs> he doesn't. Um, the dude cannot stop. I, I do think it's going to be interesting. I, I do want to see how this, how this plays out. This might end up being nothing, or little by little, we might start seeing, you know, as the weeks come out, more and more um, evidence to to blow this one way or the other. Very true. Very true. So let's get into Ask the Cast. So this is um, the segment (laughs) that we started last week as a, um, you know, question we would answer and expand on and be able to dive into you know, maybe other parts that of combat sports that we really don't get to. Um, anybody that has any questions for us, feel free to drop us a line. Scrapcast at yahoo.com. That's right. We're still rocking the Yahoo. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and we got some questions this week. So we have one of our own and a couple other questions. So uh, let's just uh, get to it, shall we? Um, question number one. Who had the best walkout music 
at UFC 284. With all the great um, options to choose from, I, I I think we're in total agreement here. We got to. It go was with... Volkanovski. With... <laughs> not... I, mean, I come from a land down and under, I, and I like that tune. But I, I... Jack Della Maddalena hundred percent went with a a better Australian band. The than, the real than, Australian than theme, yeah. The but anthem. when he had ACDC, yeah. yep. you know TNT, and, yeah, and that's the way to go, right? If you're gonna yeah. down in Australia and you're Australian and you want to represent, yeah. yeah. Again, I like Men at Work. I think it's a good tune. But come on, man. I know. Well, the thing about it is, men at work's kind of like cheesy. It's like, yeah, of course, of course, men down uh, come from a land down under. Yeah, like, <laughs> of course, right? Like, okay, we get it. That's the fucking Australian song, right? For it, for Mandalena to come out to TNT that starts with the oi 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 mm. chant at the beginning, and then you know, like I said, when by the time he's coming out and it's the verse is kicking in, and he says, you know, see me ride out on the sunset or see me ride out of the sunset on your color TV screen. I mean, I was like, this is like a fucking music video right here. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, seriously. ACDC's got to get you amped for a fight. You know, I, I know. On. I know, right? It's not It's not a fucking, like, joyous. Yes, yes. I totally agree. TNT, one of the best walkout songs. Got to be the best fucking walkout song for walking into Australia. I mean, I'm just saying. But, yeah. I mean, it was it, I mean, The it was only awesome. other ACDC song I could think of that would compare would be If You Want Blood, You Got It. Yeah. What about what about big balls? That'd be a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I've got big balls. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, no, but uh, but yeah, all seriousness, he fucking killed it with that walkout, and then he walked in there and fucking yep. killed fucking what's his face. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Randy Brown. So, yeah, agree. Yeah. Let us know what you think if you think any of the two eighty four songs were better than the one we picked. But Scrapcast at Yahoo.com. I don't think so. Um, question number two. Does Jones make it to the ring? <laughs> <clears throat> That's an interesting question. So it's in Nevada. Yeah. Now it's not in Vegas, but it's in Paradise, Nevada, and that's close enough. And I, I'm saying no. I'm still saying no. And this thing's like two weeks out, and I'm still <laughs> saying he doesn't make it. I mean, there could be a hit and run. There could be a possession of cocaine bust. There could be. There could be a hit and run with a possession of cocaine <laughs> bust. And we could do the trifecta where they domestic violence called to his room with possession of cocaine and the vehicle wrapped around a phone pole somewhere. Yeah. So no, I, I still think he finds a way to screw this up. I'm gonna say yes. I'm saying he's coming out there. Okay. So I really think that at this point, um, that. You know, with it being this, with it being two weeks out, yes, I feel the hesitancy, and I don't see that, or I, I definitely see that. You know, it can be completely justified given all the things we talked about, given all the things we haven't talked about, as far as with Jones and everything else going on. The thing that I'm going to say is that I don't think that Jones is the same person that he used to be. And I don't mean to say that as an aspect of like, he's a better person now and he's changed his ways or anything like that. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that as you get older, you know, you become different once you have gone through all these fights, you become different. Look at his last performances. I mean, he's barely won some of those fights. And I just, I, I think he's going to come in here. And I think that in all honesty, he's probably not going to look very good. So that's where I'm at. I, I think he's, I think he's coming into the ring though. Okay. So, all right. Well, thanks for, uh, yeah. Thanks for that question. 
Um, and the last one, who does Volk fight next? <clears throat> well, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think it's Yair. Yeah, Yair yeah. got Goes the interim belt. Yep. <clears throat> and what was interesting was, you know, Volk was talking shit about the interim belt, which... To be fair, most champs do when somebody gets an interim belt. They're like, well, that's not the real belt. Oh, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a glorified number one contender. I mean, that may be, but you still have a fight on your hands. Yep. And this is a guy that's proven himself to be your next challenger. And Yair's a legit challenger. Yeah. And as good as Volkanovski's striking has been... If he doesn't heavily rely on his clinch game and wrestling against Yair, he's not winning that fight. No, no, you bring up a good point. No, I, I think Volkanovski's ready for the welterweight division. I want to see him go up. And <laughs> <Yeah>. play. <laughs> no, um, that's so hilarious. Yeah, no, I think that. I think you're right. I think that not only because it's a loss, you know, however you want to look at that. It's a loss, um, and so it makes sense for him to, as a champion, go down and defend his belt and keep that moving over there. Right. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with him doing that and Islam going and getting a title defense, mm-hmm. um, you know, and regaining some of that which he lost in yep. the Volkanovski fight yep. as far as um, public perception of being a champ. And, um, you know, both of these guys kind of working out the roughness that's overcome from this fight. And then maybe we could have this fight again, you know? So let's let's hit this question from a slightly different angle. If Volkanovski really liked 155 and no weight cut and mm-hmm. took another fight at 155, who would you like to see him fight at 155? Um, Good question. Uh, after his last performance, I think he should fight anybody in the top five. And you put him, and I'm not saying put him in there because you think he'd win or you want him to lose or whatever. Just like, what do you think would be an exciting, intriguing fight at 155 for him? And and I would agree with you. I think so many of those names pose really intriguing matchups: the Dustin Poirier, the Justin Gaethje, the the Neil Darius, the Charles Oliveira. Yeah, um, I think I would favor him over Oliveira be honest with you um with all of his knees and he's so short man i don't know i know i know i mean he would take he'd take quite but the thing is there's the thing about volkanovsky he comes so prepared it's very like really the thing about the islam fight was he was over prepared he was you know he said said himself that he didn't put on the gas until the last round Mm -hmm. because he was so cautious about you know, right. was Islam going to be able to, was Islam waiting for him to make move on the ground so that he was going to show the strength that he had been here about? Was he, you know, holding back and waiting until he made a mistake and then capitalized on it? And so he kept, you know, with the game plan and kept right. going down the line with the game plan up until the last round. Then he was like, fuck it. And then when he was like, fuck it, they started beating the shit out of Islam. Yeah, very true. So, um, the question isn't, you know, or from in my head, does Volkanovsky come in prepared? Yeah, he comes in prepared 100%. Can he come in over-prepared? Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, in the case against uh, Charles Oliveira, um, I don't know. I, I just think that 
basically from Oliveira's last performance, I think that, you know, Volkanovsky would present a lot of problems for Oliveira and the problems that Oliveira would pose for Volkanovsky, I, I feel like he would, you know, be prepared to handle them. Um, I think that, I think that I would like to see him fight, you know, like a Dustin Poirier or a Justin Gaethje agree. more. Highly agree. Because those guys are going to thump. They yeah. thump harder. Yeah, yeah. And um, it doesn't matter how prepared you are, um, you know, being the shorter guy and the smaller guy, you're going to have to fucking get in there and mix it up. Yeah. And there's going to be some fucking... You're going to get hit. Yeah, there's going to be some fucking bombs that are going to be flying yeah. from both sides. And so I, w- I think that... That would be the kind of stylistic matchup that I would like to see. Um, and the thing is, is that it doesn't matter whether it was Gaethje or Poirier, you know, Southpaw or Orthodox, because they're going to come in really prepared. And and City Kickboxing's one of the top teams in the world, Agreed. you know. So he's going to come in with a really good game plan, and he probably has, you know, every uh, everything you know in his favor to, for him to get wins over either or both mm-hmm. of those guys. I'm not saying that he would go in there and just get you know smoked or anything, but that kind of matchup is more of what I'm what I'd be interested to see, you know, Volkanovski fight than you know an Oliveira or even um, you know a uh, Chandler. Um, but I don't know, maybe Darius, because Darius is a fucking dark horse, man. It's really hard to nail that dude down. Every time you think you got that dude figured out or where he, where his ceiling is or what's going on, he, he he's gets... a lot better than we give him credit for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and just recently has he been able to like really do that where he's you know putting it together, getting these wins, you know, making it you know making it happen, you know. And so it's just yeah. It would be good, and I really think that Volkanovski is going to end up at 155 at some point. I think that he should, given how he did against Islam. I think he should go up to 155. Right. But I still want to see him have some matchups at featherweight, man. I still want to. I still have hopes that you know, um, I don't know that there's a lot of good fights there for him, and would like to see him continue to reign champion there and and make some of those guys you know test themselves against him because now that he's gone up in weight and done so well um going up in weight even though he didn't get the the nod he still did so well i mean this is going to be a different volkanovsky going back to featherweight yeah do you know what i'm saying no i I mean he's going to be like y'all better bring me something or else i'm gonna just run over all of you you know i mean that's his mindset so fighting the bigger guy and being able to dominate him like that and and so yeah yeah no i agree so yeah so appreciate questions um drop us drops the line drops a question Scrapcast Yahoo. And with that, we will move on to Spotlight Fights. Spotlight Fights. So, we were just fucking talking about, <laughs> Jesus, Oliveira and Dariush. And uh, the fight has been made official for UFC 288 on the 6th of May. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think? Uh, I think Dariush takes this. Uh, I, I like Oliveira a lot. Um but Darius is a horrible matchup for him. Darius has shown that he can grapple with the best of them. I mean, even his last fight when he took down Mateus Gamrot, like nobody expected that. Mateus is supposed to be one of these rising up and comers, supposed to be this fantastic wrestler and grappler, and Darius was having none of it. 
Yeah. Like none of it. And yeah. and not only that, but he's a he's a way underrated striker. Yeah. And Oliver is not going to submit Darius. So no, I expect Darius to win a decision. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um I kind of see that as well, except for the fact that Oliveira has, up until the Islam fight, has been nothing less than, you know, um, marvelous. Mm-hmm. I mean, and by that, just like surprising at every fight, raising the bar of what you thought was possible for him to be able to do. Um, until the Islam fight where it seemed like it was, you know, he was almost like superhero status and then, you know, and then lost the fight to Islam. Um, and so I really am interested to see what Oliveira looks like coming back. Really interested to see, especially with everything that's going on. And, um, I don't know, man, uh, it's really hard for me to, to count him out because as much as he was able to transition himself and to, you know, become an even more complete even more threatening fighter beforehand now with this loss all of his losses because we talked about it before he had you know a handful of losses within his ufc career Mm -hmm. and all those losses helped make him into the fighter that he became Mm -hmm. to win the championship and to be the champion has the name charles Oliveira, and so now with this loss being the way it is I'm like, is, is he going to come back and be a fucking even more world beater now? So it's, do you know what I'm saying? Because we've seen this <clears throat> before do. from him. And I do. And I don't want to take anything away from Oliveira because I agree. I don't think losing this fight against Islam takes him down a step, mm-hmm. makes him any less of a fighter. I just think Dariush is that good. And and he hasn't fought. Like that whole run to the title that he had... He got to skip right by Dariush, and he got to leapfrog him in the rankings. It didn't have to defend against him, and now it's finally happening. And I'm telling you, Dariush, he, he, he's better. He's better where Oliveira wants to be better, hmm. which is Oliveira wants to rely on his striking because people are afraid to take him down. That's not going to be Dariush. It's going to be the opposite. Dariush is going to be like, I dare you to take me down because Darius's takedown defense is better. His his offensive wrestling game is better. His grappling defense, his jiu-jitsu defense is better. And the only the only edge I might give Oliveira would be pure striking. I just don't see that I don't see this this fight playing out in the striking battle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's my caveat. As much as I really like Dariush um, and, you know, consider him, you know, the dark horse of the division, um, he has been in fights where he's been stopped. um, And, you know, Oliveira fucking can has some nasty fucking hands and some nasty knees. And so could it happen? Yes. It's really hard for me to try to play it out, I guess, in my head and try to figure out how I think it would happen. So that's where I'm at with it is that I think, you know, you've made a lot of good points and I definitely could see Dariush winning the fight, but at the same time, I can't count Oliveira out. So let's, uh, let's revisit this when we get there and I'll tell you if I have a decision then. Okay. Um, also a possible spotlight fight that was supposed to be for the same card. Um, 
Aljo versus uh, Henry Cejudo. Um, so Aljo has come out and said that he is fighting Henry Cejudo on May 6th at UFC 288. And um, I thought that that was the fight that Henry wanted as well. I remember, I know he was talking about it and they had even done a little publicity with it um, where they were both being interviewed about it. And, you know, they have done whatever they've, they've already added to that fight um, from a publicity standpoint. And so I thought it was, you know, a done deal. And now Henry's saying something about that. He doesn't think that Aljo is going to, that it's going to happen or whatever. Um, yeah, but it is possible. So that's true. Henry Cejudo fashion though, to be that guy <laughs> that will talk all about it until the other guy's ready to sign. And then he's like, well, no, maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know if this really intrigues me. This might not be a thing. It's really funny to me. Like, can, can like remind me why we call him trip triple C? Cause I can't, I can't seem to recall. He won, he won the belt in a contentious split decision from Demetrius Johnson Correct. at 125. Correct. <clears throat> then he defended against Dillashaw, who went down in weight yeah. at 125. Right. And then he went up in weight to 135. Mm-hmm. And who did he beat? Um, he beat uh, Marias. Marlon Marias. Yep. Okay. And at that point, the belt was vacant, so he didn't take the belt from Marlon Marais. The belt was vacant because TJ Dillashaw had vacated it due to being busted for EPO. Could be. It's kind of convoluted, but yeah. So, okay. So, like I said, he didn't he didn't take the belt. It was a it was a vacant belt, but I guess he did get it. Well, yeah, he still got the belt. Yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't take it from somebody, but the guy that gave up the belt or relinquished it, he did beat up, even though it was at a different weight division. So, you know. okay, and then he def- and then he gets a defense at one thirty five against Dominic Cruz. Right. Okay. And his other championship is his gold medal. Okay. From uh, the Olympics. There we go. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I remember even at that point before he retired, he was talking about going for 145, which I think would have been a, a fun fight to see him and Volkanovski. That would have been a fun fight to see, Fuck. see how that played out. But that was three years ago. Right. And I'm not interested in seeing it anymore. I get less interested every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> and um, I do I don't think the Aljamain Sterling matchup is a good matchup for him. I think Aljamain's really big for that weight. He's certainly really tall for that weight. He's an underrated grappler. And, uh, yeah, so maybe I'm not as excited for that potential matchup as everybody else is. Yeah. I'm really excited about the matchup. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, first off, uh, Cejudo has shown the will over and over again to surpass whatever you you thought was possible for him um in in those fights not only beating demetrius johnson again being the first person to uh you know um take the belt from being the person to take the belt from demetrius johnson after 
that long, long, epic uh, title reign um, after he already had lost to him once before. Um, but then going up and fight, well, then fighting TJ, TJ came down and the way that he fought him, the way he just starched him automatically was like, holy shit, I didn't expect that. And then he went up and wait and fought 135. And I thought that that was crazy. And he fucking, he looked really good there and took the belt there. And so he has shown that he can surpass, you know, any of these like, ceilings or whatever that you would think would be the the ending so it's hard for me to imagine what else possibly could happen when it comes when when a fighter shows they have that much belief in themselves and that much understanding of themselves and the game and be able to execute over and over again then i get excited of what other possibilities could be out there but but i'm not done then you gotta take you gotta think about that he was you know the olympic gold medal wrestler for wrestling where aljo that is his like main strength is not just wrestling but grappling Mm -hmm. and so it's a mix of his high level jujitsu mixed with his high level wrestling and um and so yeah i mean getting in there against Henry Cejudo, fighting somebody that's smaller, you know, I don't know. Maybe Henry comes in there and has some power that we haven't seen from before and can negate some of the ground game that Aljo has. And I don't know, maybe puts it to Aljo. The thing about Aljo, I really like Aljo. And we've talked, uh, I've given him a lot of props about how he's really stepped into that role of becoming the champion, not just getting the belt, but the issues that happened with how he got the belt and then how he's shown himself since then to, you know, really become the champion in everybody's minds. Um, so I, I, I'm a fan of his too, but I mean, where it seems like he has some strengths that Henry Sudo has those strengths where it seems like he may have some weaknesses. I'd like to see if the fucking magic man could capitalize on that. And so I'm excited to see the fight. I'm as excited to see that fight as I am to see Aljo fight anybody else in that weight division. <clears throat> you're not wrong on any of those points. <laughs> you, you, you're not. And I would agree with them if not for the three-year layoff. Yes, yes. That's going to be a really I, – I am with you 100%. I, I agree. This is, you know, when we see, we, we're going to talk about this later, okay? We're going to talk about this later. But, yes, I agree. Because we do. We see all these fighters, and they, they, they can say all that they want. And, yes, I've trained. Yes, I'm in shape. And, and I'm sorry, but I've, I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again, yep. and, and you're not. Yep. You're not used to this, the speed of how things unfold. You're used to sparring, which, which is good, but this ain't sparring. Nope. And you don't have fight cardio because yep. shit happens in, yep. in the fight. Yep. And, and, yeah, and even though you were prepared last time you were in the ring, the sport has evolved so much since then yeah. that they get in there and it's like fucking night and day. You know? Yeah. So, no, no I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, and that's... That's really, really good point too for the for the for the whole thing. We've seen certain fighters be able to defy those odds, and it's been very selective when we've seen it. Um, I'm thinking Dominic Cruz. It's okay. It's and few so, and far between. Really, and I still yes. think it had more to do with the opponent that they got, as opposed to their particular performance. I mean, you know what I mean, like. I'm I'm not sure that their opponent was up to the task. Like stepping in against an active champion is a lot different than stepping in against the number eight, nine, ten guy. Right. You know. Right. Like, no, exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, um, I, I'm thinking like when Cruz 
when Dominic Cruz, he was gone for a while, and then he came back and he fought Mizugaki, mm -hmm. right? And that's yes. what you're saying. And he dominated Mizugaki, but then he was gone again because of the knee injury, and so he was gone again. And then when he came back, he fought Dillashaw. Mm -hmm. And Dillashaw was as legitimate, I would say, as any champion at that time, right? I mean, in comparison. Agreed. And that fight was unbelievable not just from a not just from a performance standpoint but being able to weather Dillashaw's um you know advances and be able to score as he was and be able to win that contest I mean I still remember that fight as being one of the I don't know just like most epic fights it just seems like you know with the the footwork the high level of footwork that was going on back and forth I, I mean Needless to say, Dominic Cruz is not Henry Cejudo. I don't want to get confused and get that all thing going on. I'm just saying that we have seen stuff that's happened before, and it's made me realize that certain fighters may be able to do things that other that a lot of other fighters can't. And so, with somebody like Henry Cejudo, who's already proven to, you know, be that type of fighter in a different aspect, not including the time layoff, in in my own mind. Uh, that's how I become excited and, and justify it and the rest of it. But you're right that being away from the sport, being gone from the sport, um, you know, certain fighters say it's ring rust, certain fighters don't. I mean, GSP coming back and beating Michael Bisbing, who was the champion, but at the time, let's be honest, he wasn't like the... He wasn't the best 185 no, pounder. No, no, exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so... So there are some instances where this happens. Um, my thing is if Henry Cejudo was to come, if Henry Cejudo comes back and beats Aljo, will we think of Aljo as being like the champion that he is? Or will then we be like, well, of course he beat Aljo because Aljo had some good performances, but he was really questionable and yada, 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 yada. I don't know. That's just something that made me think about that since, you know, since right. we're talking about right. it. But neither here nor there. I think that it's really good. I think you brought up a really good point with the, with the whole with being gone that long and that will be the biggest deciding factor. It won't be in my mind of whether or not he can deal with the strengths and weaknesses of a bigger fighter in Aljo. That that in my in my mind, um, I, I don't think that that's going to be the biggest thing. The biggest thing is him getting back in there and fighting somebody who has been continuously active against fighters right. at the highest level and right. proven it over and over again. That's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. And so it's it's a fucking strong task. It really is. And a lot of fighters, I would say no. A lot of fighters, I would say it's not going to happen. But just that this guy has done a lot of crazy shit before to defy odds. Makes me want to be like, oh, fuck it. Let's see this shit. <laughs> Let's run it, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, is I'd rather see it now than any later, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Because no, as sure. the time goes on, it's just like, I I'm with you. As time goes on, I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, yeah. fucking go to BKFC, dude. Go do something, you know? Right. It's because, yeah, because you're fighting the losing battle. So, yeah. So if we're going to do it, let's fucking do it and get it over with. And if we're not going to do it, then let's let's not do it. But... I don't know. He really wants to fight O'Malley. You know that that's who he wants to fight is fucking O'Malley. And, <laughs> okay, well, I, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, as he, much as I would love to see that fight, I don't think that that's the fight to make. So he won't fight O'Malley unless O'Malley has a belt. Unless O'Malley has a belt, yeah, yeah. yeah you're probably right. You're probably right because I mean <laughs> that's the only reason he's coming back is exactly. for more gold. Exactly. 
Yeah, good point. All right, so we are on to the final part, which is the preview. Preview. Fifth and final round. Jesus, we got a lot to talk about. So let's just start at the top. Um, Friday night, we have one on Prime 7, uh, Lineker versus Andrade. Mm-hmm. Andrade, Andrade. They, you know, it's, it's pronounced the same as Jessica Andrade. No, it's spelled the same as Andrade, but I do think they pronounce it differently. Andrade. Yeah, exactly. And that may be a preference with them. That may be the commentators. Right. Who knows? But we all know who this is. This is the last fight between these two <laughs> that we had a couple months ago, where it ended in a dick kick. Is that right? Yep, absolutely right. Um, and Lineker was unable to continue. He also did not make championship weight for that fight, so did not get to keep his belt, which he would have gotten out of defense for had he won so yes this is technically the second time they're fighting but i mean it happened within the first couple minutes of that first fight so i'm not i'm not even really sure that should count you know what i mean yeah that's true but so they're so they are fighting for the title nobody holds the title nobody holds the title it's the belt is vacant and whoever wins as long as they both make championship weight okay then they will both be eligible to win the vacant bantamweight belt for one fight okay. championship. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that looks good. Looks like a really good um, card um, that's on here. I see uh, Fairtex, another Fairtex fighter. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, wondering if there was any relation to Stamp, the yeah, fighter. Yeah, that's, that's something we're going to have to investigate a little bit more because the, te- it's, the team is Fairtex. Yes. And so, I, I'm yeah, I'm not sure if they're just taking... If like that's the team creed, like yeah. hey, we're all gonna fight under the name Fairtex. Yeah, we all we will all take on that name because right. we're part of the team and we're all family, so therefore that's our family is the Fairtex yeah. family. Like legitimately. Right. Either way, it's a band and weight kickboxing match, so I'm excited to watch it. Yep, um, exactly. I like the I like the Fairtex team, so mm-hmm. I think he'll be prepared. I think that'll be a good fight. Um I'm super excited for the Featherweight Muay Thai championship fight. Um, Saiyan Chai is defending against Jamal Yusupov, and I fully expect him to win. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, the 155-pound champ. The, the co-main. Yep. The co-main event. Yep. Yeah, no, me too. Um, I am really excited to see that fight, too. Um, I definitely would favor Saiyan Chai in that fight. Um, but, yeah, but Yusuf's a real dog. So yeah. we'll have to just, yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't wait. I can't believe that that's fucking Friday. It's fucking crazy how time flies like that. No, it's, it's awesome. And I'm stoked for this one fight card because it's set up like a lot of these one on Prime where you get submission grappling, yep. only fights. You've got kickboxing fights. Yep. You've got Muay Thai, Muay Thai fights. Yep. And you've got some mixed martial arts fights. I yep. just love the way they set up their cards. So I'm I know. super stoked to watch I this. I know, me too. I'm going to fucking roll up and fucking hang out and just fucking it's gonna be fucking awesome i can't wait not only do we have that on friday night but we also have bkfc <laughs> they're putting i know back to so, fucking back they do, they and do. it's and it's a fucking it is a fight that i have been fucking waiting for it is for the heavyweight championship yep. of the world we have uh adams versus belcher Alan the Talent Belcher, as we knew him back in the UFC, <laughs> when he fought at 185. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, against Arnold Adams, um, I, I think that, you know, Adams has had a really good uh, BKFC career. He only has one loss. That was to Chase Sherman. But he's beat, you know, some names. Joey Beltron a couple of times. DJ Linderman. 
Um, he's legitimate as far as the champion, but Belcher, dude, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's just because I'm a fan or just his last performance. As soon as I seen, you know, in that last performance, in his last performance, the way that Belcher, you know, sparked Frank Tate and took him out of there. I was like, I want to see this fucking fight. I want to see the fucking heavy. I want to see him fight the heavyweight championship of the world. I want to see how it goes. And now it is time for us to see this. So as as crazy as all these bare knuckle fighting championship signings are, I never thought I'd see Alan Belcher fight in BKFC and fight at heavyweight. Yeah, for the championship, no less. I know, me neither. But also, you know, what's funny is like I was just thinking to myself, like, you know. Alan Belcher's most memorable UFC moment. What would you say his most memorable UFC moment was? Okay, that's that's a tough question, man. Because it's, it's not. No, it really is because when he freaking knew Nebard Polaris. That was good. That was dope. That was dude, dope. Because yep. Polaris was ruining people's knees. I know. He's being such a dick. He was I ruining. Know. I loved watching him go in there. And and shred that dude's knee. That was, that was so good. sick. Dude. That was good. Um, but I know what everyone else is gonna say. It's the fucking pile driver. It's when he spiked fucking yeah. Patrick Cote. Fuck, right? dude. Jesus yeah, Christ. I That's know. what I'm saying. We've never seen it again. I've, I've <laughs> no. never seen that in any other fight promotion. No. Uh-uh. Uh, fucking crazy, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, that dude is a savage in every sense of the word. Yeah. So, um. So, yeah, so that should be a good card. Um, there's a bunch of other fighters fighting on the card. Um, some of them I've seen before. But, but yeah, realistically, it's it's top-heavy, and it's top-heavy for a reason. I've been right. waiting to see this this fight. And, and to be honest with you, it should be a little top-heavy. I mean, they just put on a fucking knockdown, yep. drag-out, fucking blockbuster card. Yeah. You know, fucking... Just this last weekend, so no, and 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 we need to get we need to get to know some more of these other names. So yeah. it'd be good to watch just to see who's who's up and coming. You may not know them yet, but you will after the card. Yeah, exactly. Well, and some of these guys, I know I've seen five before. I know I've seen uh, Harris and Taylor and some of these other guys five before. So I'm interested to see how these play out. But at the same time, I may not know their opponent that well, and that's part of the you know enjoyment is watching it and being like. Oh yeah, you know it reminds me of that last BKFC card. There was a fighter on there named Torres that I had seen Torres that I had seen fight before, and so when he fought, I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I guess I guess I'm gonna go for Torres in this fight. And the other guy was from Albuquerque, Milan M- M- Madrano, I think it was his name, and he just fucking went out there and beat up uh, Torres and cut him. And Torres didn't want to keep fighting after he got cut, and I was just like, see now that's what I'm fucking talking yep. about. So. Yep. Yeah, so we'll have to see how it goes, but that's also Friday night. Um, Saturday night, UFC is back with a fight night. Uh, Krylov versus Span is the main event. Uh, what do you think about that? I think this is one of those sleeper cards. Um, I know it's just a fight night. I know it's on free TV, whether you got ESPN or what, but I do. I, I like I, I like a lot of the names on, on this card. Um, I'll let you go over some of the... WMMA fighters that you really like, but I like Augusto Sakai. I'm excited to see him fight. Um, I like Andre Munez. I think he's one of those dark horse 185 candidates. This guy's, he's on a roll. He's submitting people left and right. Um, I'm excited to see how far he can go. I'm I'm waiting to see his ceiling. And, um, and Ryan Spann has 
was, you know, not somebody that we thought would ever really make it to the top. And here he is. He's, I know. He's on his fucking way, man. I know. Like, and and Nikita to put as long yeah. as Nikita's been in the game for him to put it together, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, win over Gustafson and the rest of it. And now yeah. here he is. I mean, I'm excited to see both these guys paid their dues, have been in it, and they're now headlining this fight night card. You're right. It, it, it is, you know, probably flying under the radar. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, um, Brendan Allen is is a I, dog. I and, really like Brendan Allen. Yeah, so and it, so and so yeah, and so in that Munoz fight, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Augusto Sakai has looked good before. Um, mm-hmm. He's had some not great performances, but I want to see how that plays out. Um, I am really excited, though. I've got to be honest with you. The mo- I am the most excited because we get to see the return of Tatiana Suarez. Tatiana. I, I've been waiting for this for a long time. When she left, she was, you know, talked about as um, possibly another uh, challenger that was, you know, going to the top. And so she had a lot of hype behind her. She had some wins. She looked really good for the weight division. And uh, she had that knee injury or leg injury. Something had happened in training. And so, and I think maybe even she was supposed to fight for the belt when that happened. I don't know. It was something, it was like the number one contenders fight or something like that. So she was right fucking there. And then this nasty, nasty knee injury where she tore ACL or MCL or else. She tore a whole bunch of shit in her leg. We were like, what the fuck happened? Trying to figure it out. I really didn't think she was ever going to come back. You know, Mm. I just, I mean, from that kind of leg thing, I just thought, you know, she probably won't ever come back. And as time has gone on, I've been like, yeah, she's probably not going to come back. No, she's coming back. And it's this fucking weekend. And the thing is, is that she may not be the fighter she was before. And time may have passed her up and all those things that we talked about, but it may not have. And if it, and if she can get in here and, you know, still be, you know, that, that same kind of fighter against somebody like uh, De La Rosa, I mean, dude, it's all it's going to do is add even more meat to the flyweight division, even more, you know, heat, even more, just make it even more that much um, exciting because she, she can be a real threat, a real, real big threat. And so the level of wrestling that she has, her skill set, and seeing what she's worked on with all this time that she's been off. If she has, you know, been that diligent, maybe she has a whole new striking game. We haven't seen really excited to see what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe it won't be much, but maybe it'll, maybe it'll be the next champion. Right. I, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but it is hard for me to get excited about a fighter coming off such a long layoff. That's true. And, and, um, but not the, not to take anything away from the fighter because you're yeah. absolutely right. Like, how great would it be to see her come back as we last saw her? Yeah. Right that yeah. that would be that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's one of the things we talk about a lot is so many opponents and obstacles a UFC fighter or in any combat sport, you know, any MMA fighter or bare knuckle fighting, all these things you have to overcome before you even get in the ring and have to fight your opponent. Exactly. You know, you've exactly. got, you've got time, you've got injuries, you've got the scales, all these the things. The political you have bullshit, to, the right. fucking shit with, yeah, right. all that shit. It's just. And so, yes, I would be so happy to see Tatiana overcome almost insurmountable obstacles. Yeah. And, and get the win and yeah. get back on track. I'd love to see that. I'd yeah. be real happy. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. That's one of those beautiful things about the sport that it's like, it's like, you know, why people watch professional wrestling, but that shit's scripted. <laughs> so if we get a chance <laughs> yeah. to see this shit in real life, <laughs> yeah. that's when I get all fucking like, yeah. 
jonesing about it. Yeah. So yeah, it should be a it should be a really good card. Is there anything else on this card that really jumps out to you? No, not not really. Okay. No, I mean there's there's some good names. I know Ode Osborne. Yeah, is Mike Mala. I've seen miss. him yeah. live before. Yeah. So. Um, but I think I think we hit all the key points. On These that two one. Canucks are gonna go at it. So we'll see. Oh, they're Canadian. Yeah. That'll be that'll be boring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to our fans in Canada. We're just talking shit. It's not. It's not serious. All right. Um, and then um, we have Bellator two ninety one. Um, Amasov versus Storley. Storley should right. be good. Yeah, I feel like you're really excited about that, right? I am. They've, I am really excited about fought it. Before, how did how did that go? It was a it was a split, right? It was super close, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so it it was, and um, they're gonna fight again for the welterweight championship. Should should be good. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I I agree. I think it'll be a good fight. I think it'll be an exciting fight. I think these are two guys that both have felt each other out. They've gone through that feeling out process. I think this will be more, you know, to the point action, and it'll be interesting to see what changes each one have made from their first fight. Because when the fight's that close and then you fight him again, you know, you're always looking for that little thing. You're like, oh, well, this is what's going to take me over the top next time. But then the other guy's doing the same thing, so it's interesting to see what that dynamic will be. Exactly. And as well, I'm excited to see that fight too, but the other thing I'm excited is that the card will be in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, right. Yeah, and there's a ton of Irish fighters on the card, and... The Irish crowd, one of the best, if not the best, you know, fight uh, friendly <laughs> environments. So for whatever reason, so, they really yeah, like watching their I, fight. I, I don't know. It must be like <laughs> some about the fighting. I don't know, but um, no, I'm really excited to see that. There's a lot of um, names on the card, uh, you know. So uh, Pedro Cavallo versus right. uh, I'm Peter Quayle. You know, Charlie Ward. Um, there's a whole bunch of guys that yeah. are going to be on the uh, card and women. Bunch of bunch of fighters on the card. Sinead O'Connor. So, I mean, Sinead Kavanaugh. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, should be uh, should be really good. And that main event, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be hard to see how how it works out. I mean, it could go either way. Like you said, they have fought before. was really close. Um, you have the champion versus the um, uh, interim champion so right. it's a unification yep. type bout um and in ireland they're gonna fucking eat it up so it should be one not to miss yeah that'll be exciting and that that whole crowd that'll bring that extra level of you know oomph to the production oh yeah know. yeah it'll be lively for sure um also this weekend on sunday we have the fucking m- biggest pay-per-view of the year (laughs) (laughs) it's only february and and it's uh (laughs) uh, fucking paul versus fury i know you've been waiting on this i know everybody knows this it was this weekend so let's just uh i know i I mean i'm probably a little bit more excited about this jake paul fight than i have about others uh just because the anderson silva fight okay maybe not the anderson silva fight but but that was a double-edged sword for me because like there was a chance Anderson might lose and I didn't want to see Anderson lose. Um, I'm not really going to care if either one of these guys loses. That's why I'm so excited to watch it um, because I really don't care if either one of these guys loses. I hope it's a double KO. I think that'd be sweet. 
Um, <laughs> but what I like about it is at least that's how he is. This hype train is a double KO <laughs> yeah. to Tommy Fury. But it, is it, at least Tommy Fury's a boxer. I mean, he's eight zero, and who and who who has he boxed? I don't fucking know. Well, most he's, boxers haven't fought anybody when they're just eight and zero. Yeah, that's exactly. Kind of boxing yeah, setup. and he's a Fury, so he's got his you know brother's name and shit to. Um, help with the, the thing. I'll be honest with you. At this point, I just want to see Jake Paul knock out Tommy Fury and continue to go forth because I love how he's like the biggest troll for the UFC. Right. Like it's literally to me, it's literally a, a, as if like one of us was like fucking making a bunch of money off YouTube and then we just started fucking going after fucking the UFC and their organization while we were fighting these fucking crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it feels. So that's why I'm like, you know what? Just keep it going. Keep that bandwagon rolling. I want to see the convoy get all the way to the Capitol. Let's just fucking, let's just keep it going. Let's just keep, keep it going. So yeah, no. And yeah, I I agree with that. As far as, as long as he keeps winning, he gets to really stick it to the UFC and call him out for fighter pay and shit like that. Yeah. And a whole bunch of, yeah, exactly. And and he gets to keep stealing talent because he, he knows he can get people to fight him and make way more money than they would. Than they would otherwise. So even being a champion. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So Yep, I hope Paul wins. All right, uh, moving on to BKFC 37. Uh, will be next weekend. It will be in London. Um, this is part of their BKFC London um, promotion. The, it's also BKFC, but BKFC has you know a promotion that just does fights in London. They have a one that does fights in Thailand. This is part of that. Should be pretty good. Main event, um, Tierney versus Lindsay. I don't really know him. You don't really know him. Doesn't right, really I mean, matter. It's going to be a good fucking fight. It's in England. Those guys are fucking lively for fights. It's bare knuckle, which seems like, you know, very, very um, authentic for bare knuckle to have an event, right, in in England. Agreed. I mean, so, Agreed. yeah, so it'll be good, and um, I really won't. Um, well, and, and these are the type of cards where, like we were talking about the last one, this is where you get to know the next up and coming names. Yes. Is like, is when you see them on these cards. Because yep. they got to fight on these cards before they become names. Yeah, exactly. And there's not like so many fights next weekend. Like there is, I won't be, it won't be, you know, tearing apart my, I'll have to switch back and forth from BKFC to one to try to, you know, catch everything in between. Yeah. Um, like I'm going to have to do this Friday. Oh, woe is me. Um, <laughs> no. but, uh, no, seriously. Um, I'm going to check it out and I look forward to BK 37. Um, but Let's let's finish this off with UFC 285, which will be next Saturday, March 4th, um, from the T-Mobile Arena. A fucking mega card, to say the least. Um, so where do you where do you want to start? Let's start with the bottom and work our way okay. up. Sounds um, good. I mean, and you know it's a fairly stacked card when Ian Gary. Is on the early prelims. Early prelims with Jessica Penny also on the right. Yep. Jessica Penny, I'm sorry, I passed over her. Ten Tabitha Ricci, that yep. should be a good fight. Yep. Like I like Jessica Penny. Yep. Um, Ian Gary, you know, I'm I've I got a soft spot in my heart for the English and Irish boxers. I just yeah, like, you do. I just like the I do. I just like the interviews and the accent and all that. I think it's hilarious and flair. Um, yeah, for sure. I just I, I just dig that. It's something different. Um, he's fighting Song Kinan. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, again, Ian Gary is one of those guys I'd like to see his ceiling. I'd like to see how far he can get. 
Um, he might well end up being a contender, or he might just be, you know, a, a Patty Pimblet, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> a personality. <laughs> One thing I really like about Ian Gary is his personality, I think, is it not only does he do a good job of, like, selling when he needs to sell, but his head also seems to be, like, on his shoulders mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, in fucking La La Land. Right. So I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and I'd like to see how far also, like you said, he can push himself. And, um, you know, Song Tainan is not a easy fight for him, so it should be good. Yeah, good test for him. Yep. Um, and then we have the prelims. Um, a lot of good fights on the prelims. Um Jeez. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Julian Marquez, uh, um, a tough. God, that yeah, that's yeah, that sounds familiar. I was trying to think and, about who he was. And but I don't think he won the Ultimate Fighter. No. I think he lost to Brian Battle. Okay. Um, but Mark Andre Barrialt is a legit UFC fighter. This is a huge test for Julian Marquez. So we'll see if he can get it done. Okay. Um, Vivian, um, Arujo, Arujo yeah. and Amanda Rebus. I mean, <sighs> right? Wow, um, I know prelims, dude. Yeah. Like fucking uh, yeah. crazy. And, and these and these women have been around, and they're good. Yeah, really good, really really good. Uh, I'm excited to see that fight. I mean, yeah, uh, Brunson versus Duplessis. Yep. Um, I, I got. I, I'm picking Duplessis. So I'll just throw it down right now. Uh, and I like Derek Brunson. Yeah. I, I do. But I think I think Drickus is on the rise. I think he's going to be somebody. I think he's going to be top five. So I expect him. I expect him to win and probably finish Derek Brunson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very well could. Um, or Brunson may knock him out. So we'll have to see how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, main event of the prelims: Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. Cody Garbrandt returning to bantamweight after a really horrible <sighs> stint at. The lighter weight class, um, it did not work out well for him at flyweight. No, <laughs> so, no. Um, I enjoyed watching him get knocked out by Kai Car France, though. Kai Car France, one of my favorite fighters. Um, but yeah, so he's back to his um, normal weight class, bantam weight. Um, I, I just. I, I don't know, man. I don't know that he can avoid getting knocked out at this point in his career. Yeah, that's the thing about it. I'm I'm a Cody Garbrandt fan, um, but I don't think that his chin is going to hold up um, at all anymore. And um, Trevin Jones is f- fucking game. So yep. I I definitely favor Trevin Jones on that matchup. I know. My, how far the might have fallen, right? I Sometimes. Mean, Garbrandt was on the pound for pound list he was the champ and i think he's lost like five in a row by knockout man could have yeah i mean he's he's definitely lost you know i don't know three or four then there was that one fight that he got beat up but he won or something maybe i don't know anyways yeah we'll have to see how it goes um Mm -hmm. bo nickel making his ufc debut yeah um i mean how many fights did he have on the contender series before he got his only, only two. For some reason, I thought they made him fight more times in the contender series before they gave him his his actual UFC no, contract. I mean, it may be three, but it seems like he had a lot of hype and he came in and he won and they could have given him a contract, but instead they were like, no, we want you to fight on the finale of the series. So he fought on the finale of the series and got a, gotcha. got a finish there, and so then he got put into the UFC. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean... 
really interesting for a 3-0 and fighter to be on the main card mm-hmm. of the UFC pay-per-view. Yep. I mean, that's kind of unheard of. Yep. Um, so that should give you an indication of the name recognition the UFC feels that he has and the push that they're trying to give him. Exactly, exactly. But he does have a name. I mean, you know, even us, we know who he, you know, who he is. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about Jamie Pickett, I'll be honest with you. But, you know, we'll have to see how it works out. The wrestling that Bo Nickel has and him being able to mix it up so well with the rest of MMA Dude's going to be a threat. As long as he doesn't end up, like, becoming chinny or having some, like, major flaw, he should be a real threat. Right. Um, Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker. We talked a little bit about Dan Hooker earlier versus Jalen Turner. Um, I favor Jalen Turner in this fight. So. So, yeah, I, I, I feel like you have to. Um, yeah. He's... He's one of these guys like like Randy Brown. He's really tall. He's really long for his weight class. He possesses all the physical tools you could ever want in in order to be in a, a business like this. And Dan Hooker has not had the best record as of late. I exactly. know he's been fighting top guys, but... Win some, lose some. But I think that's why you're matched up with Jalen Turner, because I expect Jalen Turner to be one of those top guys. Exactly. And I think this is that fight. He beats Dan Hooker. He gets a finish. We know he's one of those top guys. Yeah. He doesn't. Then we know Dan Hooker gets to stick around the top 10 for a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and, I, and I'm favoring Jalen Turner to win by finish. Yep, so. I agree. Um, go with you on that. Yep. Uh, then we got fucking Jeff Neal versus Sofcott Rockmanoff. So... I'm fucking, dude, like this fight, I think I'm as excited for that fight as I am for any That's other fight great, on the card. Dude, I agree. That's great matchmaking, man. Um, Jeff Neal has never looked better. I know. Than he has recently. Shavkat's one of these up-and-comers that seems to be taking on every challenge in his path. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm so, and super demolishing excited. Him. Yeah, yeah. I'm super um, excited. I remember when we heard about this fight and we talked about it and we weren't sure if it was going to actually come to fruition, right. and now here we are. So, right. Yeah, well, cause that Because that feels like one of those fights that um, maybe isn't good for Jeff Neal to take, right? Because he's yeah. on a little bit of a winning streak in a difficult division like welterweight, fighting down in rankings, which not a lot of people at welterweight do. Would do, yep, exactly. Um, but no, I do. I think it's a great matchup. I think it's a winnable fight for Jeff. He's got, you know, his hands of steel. Like he could, he could land a good shot and no, I, and, and I put him out, put him away. Yeah, he could. And you know, Shavkat hasn't shown us enough to really be able to tell where exactly that weakness is with him. Right. So we'll have to just see how it works out. But I'm, I think that Jeff Neal should, does possess everything that should tell us where those weaknesses are. And, you know, and so, and if not, we'll see how far Shavkat can uh, push this fucking hype train. Yeah. You know? So, um, then we got the women's flyweight title bout, uh, Shevchenko versus Grasso. Talked a little bit about this before. Um, realistically, I think that um, Shevchenko is the favorite to win this fight. Um, and I am a big Grasso fan. Um, I didn't expect her to 
um, do as well as she did in her last fight, mm-hmm. which was a main event of a fight night card. Um, but yeah, um, thing about it is that the Shevchenko that we seen last, um, you know, didn't have a really good performance and was really questionable. So maybe some things could happen. Um, I don't know. I, I would love nothing more than to see Grasso win this fight. I really, really would, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, it's one of those questions where, like, was the last Shevchenko performance we saw the sign of things to come? Because everybody hits that and then yeah. goes on the downturn. Yeah. Like, no matter how good you are. At some point. Father Time is undefeated. Yeah. At some point, you're yeah. going to start. Has Have we gone past that point, or was it just a bad night? Right, or was it? Or was Talia Santos a bad matchup for Shevchenko? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's what questions this fight answers right yeah. because if she handles alexa grasso really easily and, and gets an early finish then you know we know that talia santos is probably just a really bad matchup for yep. shevchenko and then she has to fight blanchfield but yeah. even if it's another close fight that she ends up winning then we start thinking hey your division has caught you and maybe you're no longer the you know undefeatable champion that we thought you were you know yeah well and to be honest with you, nobody's undefeated. The only people that are undefeated are the ones that leave. So Right. <laughs> there's, there's no undefeated. But at the same time, we'll have to see if that time is now or mm. if that time is still to come. Right. Um, John Jones versus Cyril Gaon for the heavyweight title of the <laughs> UFC. So. Ten years in the making. <laughs> Here it is. It finally comes to fruition. All those Twitter promises John Jones made us way back in 2013 saying he was ready for heavyweight. <laughs> he was ready to move up. Yeah. And yeah, here we are finally. Um, I mean, good on him for signing on the dotted line to fight somebody like Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon's legit. Cyril Gaon's a big dude. Um, not sure John Jones has ever been you know, really hit by a heavyweight. Uh, Cyril Gaon has wonderful kicks. I think that's going to be the biggest problem in this fight for Jones is, is dealing with Cyril Gaon's kicks. Because yeah. Cyril Gaon goes to the body. Yeah, He works the body. He works yeah. the legs. He works whatever's open. That's what I like about Cyril Gaon. It's yeah. like if it's there, he takes it. Yeah, And I'm not sure how Jones is going to deal with that. Jones likes to point fight at range, and he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, and I could see Jones getting desperate for the wrestling um, because that's really like his strength where... Cyril gone maybe has a weakness right sure, in his last sure. fight, and so I could see him trying to initiate those um, takedowns, and maybe ends up getting caught with you know a knee or a uppercut or something like that while he's trying to go for that because I really don't see him doing very well on the feet. I don't no. think he did very well on the feet against guys that were smaller, right? Um, even though they were faster, um, Jones doesn't really do well with people that are as tall as him mm-hmm. and you know gone is going to be as tall and as big as him um and so he's not gonna really have that advantage um it's been a long time since we've seen jones being the creative dominant striker that we have before he is the dirtiest fighter in the game so True. we may be able to see new wrinkles as far as that's concerned mm-hmm. all things considered i favor gone to win the fight i, I do too absolutely Cyril gone's the natural heavyweight He's the one who's been fighting at that weight his whole life, as opposed to John Jones. He's been the more active fighter. Um, I think as much as John Jones thinks he is prepared, he has never been known for his training uh, acumen. He's never been known to be the hardest trainer in the gym. That's never been. He's even confessed that so many times. 
that he's a half-assed trainer. Yeah. So, no, I don't expect him to come into this fight with cardio for days, especially trying to move in a fight with all that extra mass that he's put on. Um, so I don't think he's even going to be able to work the clinch and wear you down game. I think that's going to end up wearing him down more than it wears down his opponent. Yeah. So I, I agree. I see I see Cyril Gaon winning this fight. Yeah. And the one thing I was going to add about that is you're right. He's never been a big, like, training hard and completing, you know, doing all that and rigorous training. The thing about John, though, is that when John was a wild man, he was free to be very creative. And because of that, he, you know, did a lot of stuff and showed a lot of stuff that we hadn't seen. And so if Jones is going to be at the bar before the fight, getting fucked up and doing lines of cocaine the night before. <laughs> I think it's, I think that it's going to be bad news for gone, but I don't think that that John is still here. And because of that, it depends on when they test him because you can <laughs> test positive for cocaine out of competition. It's not a big deal. Hey man, you t- cannot test positive for cocaine in competition or you will not get to make the walk out to the ring. If you haven't so. cut up your cocaine with steroids, <laughs> you don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is what I was saying. I'm not sure that he makes it to the ring, though, because I could totally see this being like, oh, two days before you go to walk out, John Jones failed his drug test. I know, I know. And you have a good point. And yeah. anything could happen. I mean, seriously, with John Jones, fucking anything can happen. You're 100% right. You're not. And I honestly think he would do it on purpose. I honestly think, as it comes down to it, the kind of head case that he is, as he gets closer and closer to fighting an actual heavyweight, not having fought in years. He's going to start sweating it and being like that all those old self-destructive tendencies are going to come right back out and be like, you know, if you're in a battle, all you got to do is run out and grab a little bag of man. I mean, maybe, but the thing is, is that like, I think Jones has been like so dominant, um, you know, in his own mind, uh, he's been so dominant in the sport, but then also in his own mind, how dominant he is. And I think that, um, I think he's hundred percent in on this. And I think that, um, we're going to get to see a good fight and I wouldn't be surprised if Cyril Gaon shocks the world. Well, if he does, he hasn't shocked us. So, right. We'll just say maybe everybody, but us and Cyril Gaon in the world. So, <laughs> yeah. and Ferdinand Lopez and that fucking <laughs> yeah, talk exactly. about head cases. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So that is the show. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, you know, shameless plug one more time scrapcastyahoo.com go ahead and hit us up and uh, we appreciate all the love and support yep, until next time line, ask us some questions we'll be back in a couple weeks with some more breakdowns some more shit episode 9 yep. yeah this has been scrapcast fuck around and find out